people and welcome again to another episode of Figurisms. I am your host Grant Trimble and in this show I talk to creatives such as models, photographers, painters, etc. that utilize nudity in their work. The whole purpose of this is to try and understand with greater depth the message, meaning, and choices behind the people traveling this path to foster a greater comprehension of the use of nudity in the arts. Despite the very long history of this discipline, there still remains many misunderstandings and objections to this practice, so my aim is is to alleviate some of the stigmas surrounding this endeavor. In addition, I hope to add some context to the greater cultural dialogue regarding sexuality by challenging how nudity is perceived in our society. My guest in this episode is Sydney. Sydney is a photographer from New Orleans that stumbled onto his photo career through his love of cinema, which started at a young age as he watched movies with his father. Though his affinity for film began early, it was a tragic series of events marked by Hurricane Katrina in 2005 that led him to pursue his passion by going to film school. Years later, this gave rise to an interest in photography that started as he walked the streets with his camera phone. In addition to these stories, we also talk about his prized possessions, pushing boundaries and being controversial, having strong women role models, the high, so to say, of directing, frustrations with social media, and much more. I hope that Sydney's zeal for what he does translates, as I wouldn't be surprised if it has helped him overcome many of the hurdles he has faced in life. My suggestion to get the full effect is to sit back and enjoy my conversation with Sydney as we talk about his photography and more. How did you get into photography? So um, I've only been shooting now probably around um, five or six years, I think. And... Um, I'm a film school graduate. I went to film school and love movies. I, you know, my, my, I have aspirations of being a director and a filmmaker. So, um, I moved away. I lived in South Florida for about six or seven years. And, um, I moved around the country a little bit to, um, LA and, uh, I stayed in Houston for a little while and, um, I moved back home to new Orleans. And when I came here, I was a little depressed because um, things didn't work out too well for me in L.A. And I was trying to figure out a way to do something to keep my creative buzz flowing, even though I I wasn't really making short films or movies at that time. So I kind of um, went around to, you know, different locations. This This is a little while after Hurricane Katrina. So I went around the city and found abandoned places and homes that were demolished and old churches and stuff like that. And I just started taking pictures of, um, of these locations. And, and at first I was actually doing it on my cell phone. I was just taking photos of my cell phone and, uh, I liked doing it so much that I ended up getting, uh, going to like Walgreens or Rite Aid and buying those little 35 millimeter disposable cameras. And I started going around and shooting stuff with those. And, um, I really got into it. I really liked photography and I had never really done it before. I was always into moving pictures. And, um, I don't know, something about it really connected with me. I, I liked the, the whole thing of just going around by myself to these places I wasn't supposed to be in and capturing these images. And, um, after I did that, you know, for about a year, I guess a year and a half, um, I kind of eventually got into shooting people because, um, 
a young lady, I think she was 15 at the time, actually, she contacted me and said that she was coming to New Orleans with her mom and she wants, she was an aspiring model and she wanted to have some photos taken of her. And she had found, I, I had put some of my photos like on, I don't know if it was Model Mayhem at the time or it was something else, but I put some photos. I did like street photography of people that I just caught like at a store or on the street somewhere. And she said that she really liked my style and she wanted like photos like that, but of her. And um, she came down and I met her mom and we went on like a weekend trip in New Orleans where I took them to all of these cool, terrible places that I found in the city. And um, we shot a bunch of stuff. And I was I was like surprised. I thought that they were going to be creeped out by all these abandoned houses. And, you know, I'm this guy that they don't really know. And I'm taking them to all these weird places. And um, and no, they were totally down and game, man. And the photos came out really dope. Ever since then, I had the bug to like start shooting people. And uh, it's kind of been going on an upward, upward path ever since then. So so, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of how it kind of how it started, man. I wanted to do films and I still want to be a filmmaker, but photography is kind of my my art form currently. But I still make films here and there when I when I put my mind into it. But, yeah, that's kind of how it started, man. That kind of somewhat, I guess, answers a question that I was going to ask you, because looking through your Instagram, there are little mm-hmm. series that you seem to start and I, not to say little series, but. There are these kind of series that you start, for example, you have Chile and then you also reference French cinema. So I guess yes. your interest in being a director, I would assume that kind of answers that question. I was going to ask you, why did you start doing those series and, and how did that come about? Maybe, maybe you could talk a little bit I, more about I can, that. Yeah, I can I can still talk more about that. Yeah. So so like I said before, I'm I'm a heavy um, what the the film nerds call cinephile. I, I literally probably go to the movie theater once or twice a week when I when I can, when I when I have off days for my day job. And um, I always try to incorporate a little bit of movies that I love or images that I've seen in films into some of my photography. It doesn't always work out um, because of the subject matter. You know, when you're shooting alternative nude women, it's hard to incorporate that into it. But I still try to sometimes. But but yeah, man, I, I love uh, French cinema and uh, Jean-Luc Godard is one of my one of my favorite filmmakers. And um, I really love all of his movies. And I've done, you know, tons of photo series based on his movies and done some actual short films inspired by some of his movies as well. And uh, even to this day, I, you know, some of my favorite filmmakers like uh, David Cronenberg and uh, Wong Kar Wai. And um, Spielberg, Stanley Kubrick, all of these guys are are, are my uh, inspirations. And I, I have a list actually on my phone of photo shoots that I want to do inspired by all these guys' movies that I just I try to knock off whenever the inspiration hits and I have the setting and the person and the theme and I can actually get it. Um, just recently I did a shoot. I actually think I posted the photos about that this morning, um, ironically, of a, a, Wong, a Wong Kar Wai inspired photo shoot I did recently with a Japanese model that's inspired by the movie in the mood for love. Yeah. And, I just, uh, I just noticed that. Yeah. Earlier. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. You asked that cause I wasn't even thinking about it, but yeah, I, I, I post some pictures of that today. Yeah. That was really fun to do because it was all about mood and lighting and, um, you know, wardrobe and I love all that stuff. That's one of the reasons why I love making movies. Cause I love setting a mood and a, and a theme and I love wardrobe and I love set design and, I love shooting on location. That's one of my favorite things as a photographer and a director. I'm not really big into 
using studios. I uh, love shooting in real life environments. So a big part of incorporating my movie cinema style into my photography is finding the right location that fits the right scene that I'm going for in my head. It's really fun, man. Uh, the the people who I get to use, the models, they really enjoy dressing up and, and seeing the images. And I show them what they look like from the movie. And they're like, oh, my God, it looks so much like it. It's awesome. You know, they really they really get into it. So it makes me happy when I do that type of work because it's, it's blending both of my passions kind of into one when I can make, you know, a, a photo look like a movie scene. And, you know, it kind of it gets my, my, my juices flowing, man. I love it. I love doing that type of stuff. It's great. What is then the difference between shooting photography and shooting film? What, what if, Because you went to school for uh, film and yes. you're doing photography, what are some of the challenges in translating that film vision into photography? What translate well and what don't seem to translate at all? Have you, have you seen any kind of uh, or recognize anything that does translate or doesn't translate? Yes, absolutely. Um, that's a really good question. Um, yeah, I think that the difference between them both is basically with movies you're dealing with, obviously they're called movies. So it's, it's, it's about like a moving image. So you have to not only worry about one frame, one composition and getting the lighting right. And the person, you know, um, pose right or sitting right for one frame, which is photography and movies, you have to worry about not only the one shot, but the next shot, you know, you have to connect things and make them, you know, make sense logically, but also, you know, make them look good at the same time, I guess, in a way. Um, photography is a lot different. You only have to worry about one shot. Um, if you're like me, I like with most of my sets, I like to tell stories with them. So I kind of go about doing photography in like a movie setting anyway, because I'm always thinking about, Okay, I got I got I got the model with a wide shot with her standing in the corner and I'm on the right side of the room. Um, after I shoot that, am I going to go in to get like a close up of her looking down as you know, that's going to connect with the right. The other shot is I'm always thinking about, you know, joining, joining angles and joining shots. I don't know if everybody does that from a photog photography standpoint, but yeah, I think I, the, I try to do that. I mean, I'm conscientious of that sometimes, not all the time, but right. uh, yeah. 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 It's I, I, and I bounce around a lot. Like if, if you ask anybody I've shot with, like I, I can, you know, I can take a, a hundred shots of somebody in, in like an hour, you know, it's, I bounce around a lot and I get a lot of different angles. That's why a lot of my photography and stuff that I, that I post, it's, how can I put it? It's not to say it's cluttered, but I, I just shoot a lot of different angles, you know? So I'm not, there's some people who work on getting the, that one image, right? Where they'll work on shooting that one shot and it'll, it'll take them hours to get that one thing. I'm more, about covering the scene, you know, so I'm trying to get as much as I can in a little bit amount of time and make it all look good. Okay. But, establish um, like a narrative. Yes, exactly. Like establish a narrative. And I, and I think that just comes from, you know, my, my filmmaking background, cause you're always trying to tell a story. Um, and I think that in the future, like things I'm going to work every, every year since I've been doing this, I've tried to incorporate new techniques into, into my, my craft and try to, up my game, you know, like you start out doing stuff that you want to do bigger stuff and more stuff. So you try to add things. And, and I think, uh, eventually I'm going to try to settle down with the, the shooting, a bunch of shots and different angles and try to maybe focus on just getting one shot on a photo shoot. That, that'll be really painfully hard for me to do, but I'm, but I'm going to try cause it's, trust me, it's, I, I, I'm like a bunny rabbit, man. I'm, I'm sweating. I'm, I'm bouncing around. I'm on the floor. I'm, I mean, you know, you're a photographer, like we're, yeah. 
we're mo- we're moving around so much trying to get trying to get that right shot. And uh, for to I really have to admire the people that can just focus on getting one image and making that image the, the right image because I'm too worried about the things. But but as far as your 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 question goes, yeah, I think I think it's a it's a lot harder with movies um, in general just because I feel like you have so much more stuff to worry about. I mean, they're, they're so movies and photography are so close together because they're both dealing with the same, you know, uh, contact. You're, you're, you're dealing with subjects, you're dealing with lighting, you're dealing with, um, wardrobe costumes, you're dealing with makeup, you're dealing with gear, you know, there's a, it's all the same thing for both, for both aspects. But with movies, it's much more, you know, like I said before, you have to worry about, the next thing with photography, you can, if you really want to, you can just get that one shot and you can be done with movies. You can't just get one shot. You have to keep it going, you know? And so it's, it's mostly, it's a little more hard and, and, a, and a little, you know, different. And there's also dialogue. If you want to do that, if you're not shooting silent films, you have to worry about sound and, uh, and editing. And even though editing is all photography as well, it's a lot harder for, for movie, moving pictures, but, but yeah, they're both equally kind of the same and also drastically different. And, I think um, some of my favorite photographers who are who are filmmakers um, kind of master both of them. You know, like um, Stanley Cooper, who I missed, mentioned earlier. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. The, the only reason he's really on my mind because I just watched Eyes Wide Shut like a week ago, and it's uh, it's one of my favorite movies. So whenever I see one of his movies, I think about it for you know days on end. But uh, but a lot of people don't know this, but Stanley Kubrick was started out as a photographer. Yeah, and. Um, I have I have actually one of his books that that has a lot of his uh, photography, and and he was amazing. I mean, it makes sense because if you look at his movies, they're all composed immaculately. So, but um, but his his photography was great, man. And he's, you know, you can see if you look at those older photos that he was already learning how to tell a narrative with just one picture before even moving into doing doing movies. And um, which is Andre, incredibly challenging. But, yeah, it's, 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 that's what I, that's what I say. Like, I can't do it. It's impossible. I can't worry about just one shot. I have to, I'm always thinking about the next thing and, and it's incredibly challenging just to, just to get the perfect one shot. And the great photographers do that, you know, like you, all of the great, the great, uh, Henry Carter Brisson and, um, uh, Vivian Mayer who, who nobody knew about and, you know, and just recently got discovered. Um, those photographers are so great at just capturing a moment. That's some of my favorite photographers, even though I don't shoot that style of, of, of photography. But um, they're great, man. Robert Kappa is a is is a great great photographer. I mean, you know, the list goes on and on. There's tons of them. But um, but yeah, Kubrick uh, was a great director who was a photographer. Um, Larry Clark, um, who directed Kids, was also a great photographer before he uh, started making movies. Who else? An- Andre Tarkovsky, who uh, did Solaris and. And I have his childhood. He also like took photography photography. I have one of his books that just shows all of his Polaroids that he did like on set before he actually went into making a movie. And it's just, it's breathtaking to see. Cause I'm a, I'm a huge, I'm a huge uh, Polaroid fan, which you probably noticed. Yeah, I, I noticed love that. Polaroids. Yeah. I have just so many, some of my favorite photographers are Polaroid photographers. And, and that guy to say he's made some of the most, the greatest sci-fi movies ever. He's uh he was amazing at capturing images just on a Polaroid camera and, and uh, it's beautiful, man. So, so yeah, I mean, great filmmakers, I think, also make really good uh, photographers and vice versa, because we're all trying to tell a story somehow, somehow, some way. For me, that I've come, I've kind of almost approached it the in the opposite way that you did, because I first started getting into photography, and it was always mm-hmm. about capturing. You mentioned that one shot, 
And I'm yeah. at a point now where I'm trying to think of it as a series and kind of more so telling a narrative. So right. you're kind of going one way. I'm almost trying to kind of experiment going the other way. So it's kind of, it's funny, you know, that's that, a, that different approach. That's awesome though. Yeah. yeah that's great. Keep, that's, keeps that's you, on your toes. you got, you got people, you got different people um, with different styles doing different things and they, you know, they work for everybody. Did you go to uh to photography school? No, no. Didn't, you didn't study? Awesome. Cause I, I um, it's funny. I remember when I was when I was at film school, I went to the Art Institute uh, in Fort Lauderdale, and um, I remember there was you know there's a photography, uh, like study there where you can get a, a degree in photography. And I remember always seeing those guys, and I was like, man, what are you guys doing? Like you're, you know, you're in the you're in the studio with, with all these lights hanging up, and there's all these flash bulbs going off. And I'm like, you guys, what are you? Just come on over to the filmmaking department, man, and make some movies, because I this photography thing isn't going to work out for you guys. And now I look back and I'm like, man, look at me. Like I was talking all, all that shit to those guys. And now I'm doing photography and doing less movies. So it's pretty, it's pretty funny. Cause I, I, I honestly can't even, because I'm, I'm like a self-taught photographer. So I don't really know anything about it. I've, I've always just, you know, looked at YouTube videos and, and read, um, read instruction booklets for all my cameras online, you know, and just kind of did a process of elimination. Yeah, figured it out. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like I, I ran through a lot of film when I first started shooting and still do. I'm still learning. Um, I'm just getting into using medium format cameras now. So that's uh, fun and, and scary and interesting. I did have a question in regards to mm-hmm. that. Uh, you mentioned that you kind of jump around a lot. And I was actually going to ask yeah. you, I noticed you seem to change formats a lot as well. Yes, is there, I is there shoot with a lot of different cameras? Is there a particular reason for that? Or is that just all because you're just trying to explore and kind of push yourself? What What are some of the Maybe the reasons for you I think, that I have a couple of reasons. I think the, the most um, the easiest uh, answer to that is that I just have a lot of cameras. I I collect, um, you know, still cameras and also like eight millimeter and 16 millimeter movie cameras. So I have probably right now close to 30 of them if I count them all together. And that's like a mix of 35 millimeter cameras and um, medium format four by five cameras. I have. Um, about six Polaroid cameras, different ones. And I, I have, I just have a bunch of cameras. When I started doing photography, I really got into, um, because what basically I'll, I'll tell you the story. I, I got my first 35 millimeter camera. No, I'll even go back further than that. I got my first Polaroid camera since that's my favorite, my favorite farm to shoot at, um, at like a flea market. I was in a, like a thrift store slash flea market. And they had this um, this Polaroid, the original you know box camera that you just pop open, the 600, and it was like five bucks. And I was like, oh, this is cool. I know what these are. I've never used one before, but what it's a- only five what age bucks. was this? This was the the age I was. Yeah. Um, this is probably about five years ago. Okay. Um, before I started collecting all my cameras, and because I like I said, I've only been shooting for about six years. Yeah. Um, and so this is about five years ago and I was at like a flea market and I picked up, uh, this Polaroid camera. I didn't know where to get film from it, um, for it or anything like that. So I bought it. I just figured it was, you know, it's a cheap five bucks. Why not? I don't even know if it worked or not. At that time it was, it was, uh, it was impossible project who were making, you know, who were making Polaroid film. And, um, I just ended up like buying like three packs from them at the time. I think they were like 30 bucks each and it was like almost a hundred bucks for three packs of film um not cheap so yeah so i not no it's still not cheap it's ridiculous it's it's uh being a being a film photographer is very expensive which uh anybody you know you shoot film anybody that shoot film knows it's very especially if you do polaroids because you don't really have a lot of exposures and it's it's really expensive 
but yeah, I bought film from them and I, I waited for it to come in. And when it came in, I looked at a, a video on YouTube to see how to load it and, you know, what to do with it. Cause I'm, I'm very, as even though I talk a lot of stuff about, you know, shooting a, a bunch of different things, I'm very, I want to know how to do something before I do it instead of just going out and just shooting it. So I always like look at tons of videos and read a bunch of stuff online before I even shoot with the camera, which I know a lot of peers would be like, no, you just got to get out there and shoot with it. I'm like, I, this film costs a lot of money, man. I need to find out how to use this before, before I start, before I start running through it. But yeah, so, so I bought that Polaroid camera and I found out how to use it. And I think I went in my backyard at the time and I just popped off a, you know, what I thought was going to be 10 shots. And I found that it wasn't 10 shots. So you never get 10 shots with Polaroid film. Um, you only get eight. So there's two that they're uh, jipping you from. Yeah. So I popped them off. So and if, I, if I, they're listening at all, they need to remedy that. <laughs> yeah. Polaroid, if you're listening, guys, just give us two more exposures, man. It's just two more. What is, what is the problem? I still don't know why they, I still don't know why they don't give us the two. Fuji, Fuji gives you 10, but Polaroid, does. they give you eight. They're cheap and their film is more expensive. Um, sorry, but it's true. And you guys know it, but yeah, man. So I, uh, once I shot that, I was like, this is, and I've, I've seen like Polaroid film before in my lifetime. And, you know, I, I've seen it in movies and, uh, in Memento, a Polaroid camera is a big, uh, <laughs> a big, uh, yeah. plot, plot point in that film. Um, but yeah, so I, I got, and I just loved the way it looked and I was like, this is awesome. Man. I need to actually, you know, shoot something besides just grass and a fence with, <laughs> with this camera. And, uh, and that was like how it started. I, I started, um, bringing that camera out on photo shoots whenever I would shoot with people back then, which I didn't really know what I was doing. I was just like testing it out. And, um, I loved it so much. I just, you know, started to buy it all the time. And, and then after that, anytime I, I found a Polaroid camera somewhere, I bought it. And, uh, I think I've went through about 10, um, since doing that. And now I have about five, five or six. I love them. It's my favorite format to shoot in. I can shoot Polaroids all day, any day. Um, they're, they're amazing. And I, I just love the instant gratification. It's like, it's like an in between, it's like a cell phone, but not really, you know, it's like film for a cell phone. Yeah. It's like, as, as soon as you shoot it, you got it. You don't have to wait. Well, you got to wait like, you know, 10, 15 minutes, but you don't have to wait, you know, to get the film developed. It, it develops by itself and it looks it just good. Looks amazing. It just, yeah. It just, yeah. It looks so cool, man. So I, I just really fell in love with that. And that's been my, my weapon of choice, so to speak through all my photography. I usually have a Polaroid camera for every shoot I do. Um, I have like tons of film just, you know, in my fridge and just uh, whenever I know I'm going to go on a shoot, I, you know, I pull a pack out, bring my camera with me. And a lot of times when I, when I shoot, I like, I end up liking the Polaroids more than like the, the stuff I shoot with my regular camera, which is, which is bad, but that's usually how it works. When I think of your photography, I think of Polaroid film. So there, you can, you can see awesome. you obviously have an affinity for it. And I think that comes across. But, um, Thanks, man. yeah, well, one, one of the things I wanted to ask you then was next was how did you start shooting nudes? So back then when I first started shooting, uh, people after I met the young lady and her mom and shot with her, this was probably maybe about five, five or six months after that. I had shot maybe like a few girls. Cause when you first start not and nobody knows you, it's really hard to, um, to find models to, to work with. Um, and a lot of people don't really notice. Like I actually had a, a, a guy, a local guy here in New Orleans, um, DM me recently and asked me, you know, how do you start shooting, you know, um, new photography with women if you just want to start doing boudoir style stuff. And basically it kind of happened to me by accident. I never, I never meant to, you know, getting to shooting art nudes. I, I basically had a young lady who I still shoot with, um, to this day. 
um, hit me up kind of out of the blue on Model Mayhem and say that, you know, she was looking for a local photographer who uh, wanted to, who was looking to, you know, do some, some news because she was a nudist and she had never taken photos. She never had photos taken of her before that she hadn't taken herself of her, you know, nude out in public. And when I first heard that, having never shot that before, the first thing that came into my mind was like, you want to, you want to go out in public and, you know, like we can go to jail, you know, <laughs> you know like, cause I, I'm like a, I'm like a clean cut guy. I'm not like a bad boy. So like when I was, even though, even though my work may, may, may say otherwise, I'm not a bad boy at all. It's so funny when I actually, it's all coming to my head as we speak. It's funny looking at my photography and like all the kinky stuff I do. And I know people probably think I'm like some, some sex pervert or something, but it's like the complete opposite. I'm like a total clean cut guy, but yeah, she wanted to shoot it. And I was like, uh, I don't know if we can do like in public, but like where you want to shoot on Canal Street new, you know, I was like, I was, I was thinking like the craziest thing. And she was like, no, we can just go into like a park or something and, and do it. Um, it doesn't have, to, doesn't, doesn't have to be people around. And I was like, yeah, we can, we can definitely do that. I, that sounds fun and, and interesting. Let's, uh, let's give it a shot. So we met up for like coffee and talked about, you know, where we we're going to shoot at and, you know, how we we're going to do it and, you know, what she wanted to do, what I want to bring to it, um, which was like the first of many, um, coffee house meetings that we usually do with models when you want to meet them, you know, before you shoot. But, uh, but yeah, we actually went into city park, which if, if you live in new Orleans, everybody knows what city park is the biggest, the biggest park that we have here. And, uh, we found a little area that, you know, was kind of isolated and, you know, she took her clothes off and I pulled my camera out and we started shooting. I basically just shot her like it was like she had clothes on, you know, I was just trying to, it didn't, it, it wasn't until later on, I figured out how to, you know, shoot a woman's body to, you know, make their body look a certain way. This is all stuff I didn't know about this back then. So I was just trying to shoot her normally in the, in the, the area, you know, nude. Almost like and, the snapshots um, in a way. Yeah. Basically like snapshots, you know, like she would walk down the path with grass, high grass, tall grass on both sides. And I would kind of shoot her in between and the photos came out great. They were really cool. Um, but I didn't know about exposure back then. You know, I didn't know about, you know, the sun was really harsh and I didn't know about shooting at different time frames throughout the day. It's all, this is all stuff that comes like, you know, like with experience and, um, but the photos were still pretty cool for like somebody raw, you know, doing it. And she was happy as hell with them. She loved it. Like she couldn't wait to kind of take her clothes off and just start walking around. It kind of, uh, it kind of empowered her in a, in a way, you know, which I come to find out now that, you know, most women, who do new photography, um, and that's kind of a thing that they get out of it. Uh, it's, it's very freeing and, um, and makes them feel, I'm not speaking for them, but in my experience, like, I feel like it makes them feel, you know, loose and free and, you know, just kind of on top of the world to be so open like that out in the public. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's kind of how it started. And after that, um, I shot with her a few more times before I shot anybody else nude and, I started to put my work like online on Instagram and like model mayhem. And I had certain different models starting to, you know, approach me about doing it. Basically mostly it's like alternative, you know, artistic models. Cause nor normal models don't really want to do nude stuff. They want to do the most they'll do is like implied, you know, they don't really want to go full nude, but yeah, I mean, it, it started, it started me down a path and I thank her for it because it's been a, it's been really cool. And I don't know if I would have ever met her, if I would ever even got into doing um new photography it kind of puts you in a different lane if you if you shoot that type of stuff just because it's you know you're not you're not magazine editorial ready if you do that so because they don't want that type maybe some of them would do but the most of them really don't 
Yeah, it's it kind of a weird really, no man's land. It's, yeah, it's exactly. It's like once you shoot that, you get put into this category in this lane that um, you know, is it's fine, but it's you know, it's sometimes it's uh it hurts your your career if you plan on having a career at this because a lot of people won't shoot with you if you do nudes and you know and you know companies won't hire you if you're looking to do that if you shoot that type of stuff. So it's uh it's a it's a great line, man. But I mean, all in all, I think it's great. I love it. I love shooting with with women and models and you know most of the girls i work with usually become friends of mine um and you know i know like if they have husbands i know their husbands their husbands come on shoots so they have boyfriends and their boyfriends and we become friends and hang out and it's a it's a small community that a lot of people if you're not in it don't really know about it's really great man i i i love doing it and new photography has a has kind of catapulted me i think in a in a way i don't i don't know if it's my work work or if it's like you know shooting the beautiful women it's like you know, I don't know if people, I don't know if people follow me because they actually like my photography or they follow me because they're looking at nude women. So yeah, it's hard you know, to tell which one, it, which yeah, one it could be. Yeah. It's just a line. You have to be like, well, either way, you guys are cool. Thanks for following me. Yeah. <laughs> either way, it's awesome. You know? Well, just to transition here, what did your yeah. upbringing look like? Cause you know, you, you got into nude photography and stuff. And for a lot of people mm-hmm. that can be a pretty taboo subject matter, as you kind of were saying that it can even limit you and who wants to work with you and stuff like that. Cause there's, there are a lot of taboos around all of it. What did your, Absolutely. what did your upbringing look like? Was, was your family pretty open in regards to nudity or art or stuff like that? Or, well, they are definitely not open to nudity at all. I, um, I grew up in, um, like a two parent household and, uh, my mom and dad, they both worked in the medical field and, um, my mom and my family in general are really very religious uh, my mom to this day goes to church like three times a week. She's really involved with the pastor and she uh, she's really big in the church. So and, and I, I honestly I'm not big in the church. I'm I'm, I'm guess I'm what, what people call atheist. I don't really believe in religion. Um, so and I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, my upbringing, because I also went to Catholic school for from kindergarten to I think about seventh grade. So most of my young my young life was, you know, in a Catholic school dealing with nuns and reading the Bible and, you know, getting spankings with rulers and, um, all of that, all of that great fun stuff that, uh, you know, that, that most of my photo shoots are, are kind of, uh, <laughs> inspired by, but, um, but yeah, so, you know, I think what happened was I spent half of my young life in Catholic school. The other half, I went to public school where it wasn't like that. And that kind of, that kind of changed me a little bit. I, I think if I look back at it now, because Catholic school was very, you know, by the book, you have to, it's very disciplinary. If you don't do what you're going to do, you're, you get punished easily. You know, you go to church all the time. There's mass, you know, just about every other day. And, um, I think when I, when I grew up, I was just, I was against it. You know, I, like, I feel like sending, having your kids in like a Catholic school when they're young, they're either going to go two ways. One, they're either going to grow up loving religion and want to serve or, they're going to, you know, go completely against it and be like, you just, I, it was too much as a kid. I don't want this anymore. And I think that's kind of what happened. I think it got jammed down my throat. And, uh, when I grew up, I was just totally against it. And now, now I'm kind of, you know, I'm not with it at all, but I, but I, if people are religious, I'm not like saying there's anything wrong with that. I believe that everybody has to believe in something that makes them get up in the morning and makes them feel good and think that they're going to somewhere when they die, it helps life get easier. But, um, I don't, I don't really believe in that, but but also it has a lot to do with my, my photography, I think, with my dad, because my dad was kind of 
he was religious. He believed in God, but it wasn't, he wasn't like my mom. You know, my dad only went to church on some, some days and other days he was at home watching football on a Sunday, you know, so it wasn't a big thing for him. Um, but also he had a big thing to do with me. I think wanting to be a filmmaker and my style of photography and nudity now, because we were watching movies when I was, you know, as early as I can remember opening my eyes. And uh, my dad never had, never believed in censorship when it comes to television. So I was watching R-rated movies when I was like a little kid. So I remember, you know, like watching like The Exorcist and um, uh, movies like Fatal Attraction and um, trying to think of it. Just, there, there's so many movies, man. Like he, he was big into horror. So, you know, those early horror movies was just people getting killed left and right and women, you know, being naked all the time for no reason. <laughs> and, um, and I really think that that had a lot to do with me growing up because I'm like, I'm so, when I'm, I'm just basically, it doesn't bother me seeing like a nude woman at this point. Oh, a nude guy. Just, it's, it's, you know, it's somewhat to me, desensitized. It's like, yeah, kind it. of desensitized. Yes. So, I mean, growing up with my dad showing me, you know, all these crazy, crazy horror movies and, and also having my mom, you know, kind of pushing religion on me, not really pushing it on me. I, I don't want to make it seem like she was, you know, like the mom and Carrie just being like, you have to, you know, you have to go to the church. And it wasn't like that. She, my mom was cool. She worked at her and my dad, she worked a lot. So, um, ironically, I never really saw them that much. I kind of stayed with my grandparents' house most of my young career, my, my young career, most of my young life. So, um, I only saw my mom and dad late at night when they would pick me up from my grandparents' house and, you know, we would go home. But, uh, but on off days, yeah, I would stay, I would hang with my dad, man. We would watch movies, tons of them, you know, and, um, we had like tons of VHS tapes. We record them on TV or whatever and watch them back later. And uh, I think that had a lot to do with me growing up because, you know, now I can, you know, when it comes to the nudity and shooting women, it doesn't bother me. And I kind of look at it a different light as opposed to people who aren't in that world and, and aren't, and wasn't raised the way I am where they kind of look at nudity and kind of shun it. And I think that, um, a lot of people, especially like, you know, family members and friends and, uh, the people, even I, I do have people that support what I do. A, a lot of people don't really understand it and think that it's porn, you know, and that really like gets under my skin because it's like, and I, and I love, I love porn, man. Like I'm a, I'm a guy, I'm not against porn. I love porn. It's awesome. It should be, it is what it is. I love sex workers. You guys rock. But, um, there's a difference between, you know, doing artful nude photography and doing porn, you know? And I think that when most people just see nude, a nude woman in a photo, it's like, oh, he's doing porn. And, and, I, and I know I cross those lines because everybody doesn't shoot women, you know, using vibrators on themselves and using glass dildos and being blindfolded with their butt in the air. I get it. It's very it's a thin line I'm walking between that that aspect of, of this world and, and what I do. But I think my, I think my upbringing had a lot to do with it, man. Well, that d- does kind of segue into a question I had for you as well. And, and since mm-hmm. we kind of you kind of touched on it, talking mentioning pornography and in regards to your work, how do you define pornography and how do you see your work in contrast to that? Or like you even said, you sometimes maybe do kind of cross the line, but yeah. you, as you stated, you're not trying to do something pornographic. Uh, let's see. That's a such a big question. I think that. Um, my work just opposed to porn. I I mean, only because this, this is the thing. If nobody ever looked at my work and didn't say it was porn, I would never think of porn when I think about my work. You know, it's it's only because people say it's porn when they don't really know anything about art and and the art world and, you know, and photography in general that 
a lot of people don't understand how big um, nudity and and not just photography, but in but in paintings and um, and and movies and just in art in general, nudity is a big part of that. I feel. I think that all the way from back in the day. Um, actually, I, I've done a, a few series. Um, something I'm doing recently where I I'm um kind of trying to recreate. Um, images from some of my favorite painters and drawers, um, like uh, like Chile and Clement. Yeah, like 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 Chile yeah. and and, uh, and Gustav Clement and um, you know uh, Picasso. Like all those guys, they were you know, I think before they before their time with their artwork when they were you know drawing and painting nude women, and they were you know kind of recluse and they were shunned by their community and they had to hide their their artwork because you know if they and let me, let people see it. Then they would, you know, go to jail and all these different things. Like, um, like, uh, the Marquis de Sade, who I, you know, I read a lot of his books and I'm influenced heavily by, uh, his readings, which I just think are just blow my mind. This guy at this time where was, uh, was writing this type of material. I think it's, I think it's nuts. Like, um, uh, what is it? And, Justine and, and, and very cool. Like Justine and, yeah, like what Justine is it, the... and, Ju- and, 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 and Juliet and, uh, hundred, hundred days of, uh, of Sodom. Um, yeah, the fact that he was writing this at that time frame was like, it's, it's, just, it's bananas to me. He was so ahead of, you know, the art world and, and pornography, but also artistic, you know, but, um, but yeah, it's a, it's a thin line, man. I think that most normal people, which not to say that we're, you know, we're not normal in the art world, but you know, we have a certain artistic edge to us. If you, if you create something and you're an artist, I think you just have a sort of edge about yourself because you're doing something that not a lot of people can do or want to do or are willing to do. So you feel like, you know, crossing a boundary is not a bad thing. Like I, I'm a big fan of pushing boundaries. Um, I love, you know, controversy and, and having people, you know, talk about stuff and think about stuff and, and having people, you know, second guess what they're looking at. So, you know, is there I something, is there something that compels you to really want to walk that line? Is there a deeper motivation? I, I don't, I don't know. It, it, it might be, you know, growing up and, and, and going to a Catholic school, man, because you weren't, you know, you weren't supposed to do things there. You just have to follow their rules. And if you don't, you get punished. I mean, I've never really thought about it until this moment, but it might have something to do in my psyche with that. You know, I've, I've always, even though I said earlier, I'm, I'm a clean cut, straight, narrow dude. I am. But, you know, like everybody else, I have my, you know, my, my ways. Everybody has some um, dirty thoughts in their heads and, um, things that they want to do and things that, you know, you, you know, you try to get out and things that you share, things you don't share. I mean, that's just normal being a human being. Um, but I don't know. I, I feel like I've just always been drawn to, to people and artists in general who, who try to push boundaries, you know, and, and I, cause I just feel like their art is just more impactful and sh- like their art stands the test of time to me. Like, I feel like when you're not pushing boundaries, you're just kind of in the, the swimming pool of other people doing exactly what you're doing. Um, but if you are, you know, being controversial and, and doing unique things, then your work kind of lives on somehow because there's going to be somebody like me out there, you know, loving it and liking it. So, so yeah, I don't, I don't know if there's any, you know, deep seated thing about it. I just, I just, I just always like, you know, controversial people like, um, for, for instance, I'm going to say this guy's name and I know a lot of people aren't like him right now, but, um, like Kanye West, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge Kanye West fan. I know people are, are hearing this and they're like, oh, my God, I, he's the worst. I can't stand Kanye West. And, yes, I don't like Kanye West the man because, you know, he has his things he's going on. 
Yeah. But I do like Kanye West, the artist, you know, because from the beginning of his career, he's been doing things other people weren't doing. I mean, he's pushed boundaries musically and, you know, and artistically with his music. And, you know, it's it's um he's unique, man. He's like one of these guys. We don't have a lot of Kanye West people walking around the planet. You know, I mean, like he's kind of his own dude doing his own thing. He doesn't really care, you know, if he pisses people off or if he says something stupid because he does it a lot. But um, he's doing his own thing, and I'm not comparing myself to him because I'm not even, you know, on that level or even trying to be him. I just he was the first name popped in my head when I was thinking about controversial figures. Um, I'm kind of pushing the uh, pushing the line. Yeah, and... just just pushing the line between you know being being a you know a regular person and being you know crazy basically you know because it's that's kind of what it is now. If you're if you're pushing the line and you're doing stuff out out, out of the norm out then you're crazy. You're just, uh, you know, you're not, you're not being tied down to, uh, you know, to society's norms, I guess, you know? So, so I, I always like that, man. Um, one of my favorite photographers also, um, um, is this Japanese photographer called Araki and, um, you've probably, you've heard of him, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, his, Nobuyoshi his, his Araki. Yes. His, his, uh, his photography is, is great. I've, I've been a big fan of his for a long time and you can, probably seen a lot of my work with like rope bondage and kink stuff that I'm kind of, you know, inspired by a lot of his work. And, um, and there's been stuff, uh, you know, that's come out about him recently about dealing with models and the way he treats them. And I'm, you know, I'm not a fan of that and very disappointed, even though I don't know this guy. Um, but at the same time, you know, his, his work is strong and it's, uh, it's, uh, controversial, man. Like everything he does is really, uh, pushing boundaries and, it's uh it's pretty interesting. I mean, um, you know, so that type of stuff always just attracts me. I would much rather look at, you know, an artist doing controversial work than somebody doing, you know, the norm, the norm of what they would consider the norm. So so yeah, I don't I don't know if I don't know if my work crosses that that boundary, but I feel like some of it does, depending on the, you know, on the reactions I've gotten from people with a lot of it. But uh but yeah, I'm just trying to, you know, make stuff that I like that other people kind of like and make them think about, man. You know, I just want people to, to question stuff and, you know, and not just look at things, you know, with a, with a closed eye, look at things with open eye. You know, I, like I just, uh, I referenced Stanley Cooper's eyes wide shut, you know, like you have to look at everything from all aspects, you know? So how do you know when you've pushed those boundaries? I think I can, I think I can tell not only by the reactions of, you know, from people when they see it, but, you know, you kind of do you know when you're doing it or is it no, after the fact? I, it's definitely after the fact. I never know when I'm doing it. Um, I mean, well, no, that's that's not true. I, I, that's not true. You, you always know when you're doing something that's a little taboo, you know, like if you're if you're shooting a woman just in a bedroom with roses nude, then that's fine. It's 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 a little it's you know, it's it's nice as boudoir. It's it's kind of pretty. But if you're shooting a woman nude in a bedroom with roses and she has like a, you know, her mouth, you know, tied up or something. And there's, you know, like a, a glass dildo next to her that she has in her hand. That's a little, that's more taboo than just shooting her on the bed. You know, it is like, you, you know, when you're kind of pushing buttons with people based on, based on what people think is not, you know, not normal and sex toys and anything kink and bondage is stuff that people don't really, um, you know, equate to and don't really like. And, and, you know, I, that's one of my main things. I really want people to be more open about sexuality in a way and just, um, you know, 
bring, you know, I'm, I'm not saying I'm trying to bring stuff into the bedroom because that's not true, but I just want to open people's eyes about dealing with different stuff. Like, like sex toys are good, man. Like more people should use them in their everyday life. And if you don't, you're kind of missing out in my opinion. You know, you mentioned kind of drawing attention to certain aspects of sexuality. Are you intentionally trying to do that or is it something conscious or is it something, something subconscious and what ultimately are you trying to say? I, I think it's a, it's a, honestly, it's a mix of all of that. It's like you're, you're, you're aware of the sexuality when you're doing it because it's, you know, you're, there's, there's a, there's a nude, you know, person, woman, you know, as your subject and nudity in general is just, you know, it's, it kind of, I don't want to say it's, it's sexualized, but it is as if anybody sees a nude body, you know, like, like the big thing with Instagram right now is, you know, there's a big thing about censorship going on because, people's photos are getting removed because of, you know, you know, a half nipple being shown or just if a woman isn't completely shaven and there's like some hair like right below her belly button that you're showing your photo gets removed. So, so I feel like sexuality is, is a big part of the world we live in now. And here in America, man, it's kind of like we're, um, nobody wants to see it or know it, even though it's everywhere. It's on billboards and magazines, it's on commercials, it's on TV shows, sexuality is everywhere, but Everybody wants to act like it's not real and it's bad. Um, but I think with, with my stuff, I just want to show that it's not bad. You know, I want to, I'm not trying to sexualize my models, but I definitely want them to be, you know, to show that, you know, beauty is not only, you know, nudity and sex, but beauty is just, you know, the spine of a woman's back, you know, like um, beauty is like the lips, you know, on a woman, you know, like, Beauty is, you know, her hand, you know, holding her side. Like there's, there's tons of, of things that can be sexy and doesn't have to be about genitalia, genitalia, you know? I mean, uh, women are beautiful. I've always thought that in my life. And I think that's where, I, that's why I've kind of come down to this side. I mean, but all of my films that I've shot that are short films are based around women. Um, I've always had strong women as role models in my life. My mom's like the the best, you know, most awesome woman I know. My grandmother was great. All my aunts are great. You know, all of the friends I have who are girls are great. Guys are cool, are cool too. I love, I love my dude friends as well and my uncle and I love my dad, but it's just, you know, women are just, you know, I feel like are smarter than men in a weird, in a weird way. They just have an intuition that we, that we'll, that we'll never be able to comprehend. Has, but, um, but yeah, work... man, I just want to, you know, I'm sorry. I, didn't, ahead, I'm I sorry. didn't mean to cut you off. I was just no, down, down those lines. I wanted to know if your work has given you any insight into sexuality. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that, um, because before, before doing this, before being a photographer and working with, you know, so many models and so many women over the years, um, I, you know, I was just a, I would say a normal guy going about my life, you know, dating women and, and, you know, just trying to be whatever the guy I can be. And now I kind of, you know, after talking and having so many conversations with, with women on these sets and, you know, and most of the time it's them in panties are, you know, and not all the time. I'm just saying like, if they're, if we're in the middle of shooting and they're, and they have panties on in the top and we just start talking, you know, then, you know, you're having a conversation with a beautiful woman who's half naked in front of you. And it's not, it doesn't even, it's not even, you know, coming to your mind that they're like that because it's just, they're a person and you're just talking with them and you guys are having a fun conversation about, you know, real housewives of Orange County or some shit, you know, like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. But I, but I definitely feel like, after, you know, being a photographer and shooting with so many women, I have a, a my, my, my female brain inside that I, you know, I, I would say I'm probably about 
about 80 to 85%, you know, man, and the rest is like a little bit in my brain woman. Um, that's, that's weird to say. I know some women probably here. I didn't think it's stupid, but no, I, I think know, it's true. I, know, I, I think I know what you mean. Yeah. 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 It's like, you know, I've, I've talked to so many women, I had so many conversations about different things and I feel like I have a little bit of more insight than the normal guy who's just going about his day, um, you know, into dealing, dealing with women. And, you know, and, and as you would know, after shooting with, shooting with girls that, there's a lot of stuff you have to uh, you have to deal with that you wouldn't normally deal with. Like uh, recently, I had a photo shoot with a model, and um, you know the day of shooting that we were supposed to do some nude, some fun stuff, and she told me the day of shooting that she had just got her period, and um, we couldn't shoot the type of stuff we wanted to shoot. So that's not something you would normally hear, you know, in a in, a, in everyday life, um, unless you you know you have, you're married or you have a girlfriend and she gets on a period. But it's just stuff like that that you know you hear that and you have compassion and you're like, man, I. Just, being a guy, man, being a woman is just, it's like the toughest job on the earth, man. Like being a guy, we don't have to worry about once a month getting a period, you know, it's like, it's just, it's so tough. They have it, they have it so tough. And it's just, you know, we got off easy being men. I feel like, you know, we just, we go about life doing what we do. We don't have a fucking care in the world. And these women have to worry about stuff nonstop and have to deal with us on top of it. So and a lot of the embarrassment awesome, even of that, because that's def- that definitely yeah, like happens. Yeah, like, like she, like, like, I, like, like I thought about, you know, after after I got off the phone with her and we were talking in my mind, I was like, man, that had, that had to be so embarrassing for her just to tell me that, you know, what I mean, and yeah, which it shouldn't and be. And, right. Exactly. And it shouldn't be. And, and I and, and I made her feel as comfortable about it as possible. I was like, oh, it's no it's happened before. No worries. We can let's let's still shoot. We'll do we'll work around. it. We don't have to do, do that type of stuff today. It's cool. So, you know, you have to. It's just the fact that she had to tell me that, you know, it's like I don't have to go to work and then, you know, are going to, to, to do something with somebody and be like, oh, we we can't do what we want to do today. I have my period. You know, it's like it's just it's so it's so weird. And, you know, not that it's happening, but it's just for them to have to say that it's just strange. And I let you know how tough they are, man, because um, women are are some tough, uh, tough creatures. And they're that's why they have babies. And we don't because, you know, it's just we wouldn't be able to deal with it. I don't I don't think uh, if we had to have kids, there were probably population would die. Um, it'll be like children of men. There would be no no more kids being born. You mentioned uh, being able to sit and have a conversation with yeah. a model that you work with, and they're not wearing any clothes, and you're able to just have a normal conversation. Yes, that is something that doesn't exist very often. And no, and, not at all. and to me, I always find those moments to be uh, a very kind of comforting thought because you're Absolutely. very much present with that person. And this is one of the things that I think that where a lot of people could gain a certain healthier perspective in doing is being able to see people in that respect where they just don't see someone who's naked and focusing on that. And you can very much have a real connection and it's irrelevant sort of the surroundings and the situation. And so the way that I sort of think about it in my mind is, society would be healthier if it could exist and understand that sort of perspective. And I, I, I think, I think doctors, for example, we, we, when we think of a doctor, we mm-hmm. know that they can sort of separate those things or we, right, we, exactly. we kind of trust that they do. I think being an artist, it's kind of a similar way is that there's a professionalism and there's just a way that you start seeing it that is different yeah. than how you did. I agree. Do you, do you remember that shift? as an artist when it did it ever kind of occur to you like wow here i am in this situation whereas so many years ago or as maybe you know when i was younger or something i would have never been able to do this and this is maybe a bizarre situation 
and it shouldn't be, but it's something that I even appreciate. Do you remember a kind of mental shift in that? Uh, if I think back, um, I don't quite remember the, the moment that happened, but cause I think it just happened gradually, you know, like it wasn't like a moment where I just kind of started to happen. Like it was, you know, I think just being around so many women and having them feel comfortable around me, you know, enough to, to be able to be nude and not worry about, you know, what this guy's thinking or is he thinking, you know, like sexual thoughts about me, like just being, being able for them to trust me enough to, to be okay, you know, for that to happen. Um, I think is just a fantastic thing. It makes me feel great as a, as an artist and as a photographer that I get the trust of, uh, of the women that I shoot with. Um, because I think that's a big deal. And I think in, in this day and age, there's a lot of photographers out there that are taking advantage of, um, of girls and their trust and using it against them. But, um, but I can't, I don't think I can recall a specific moment, Grant. I think it's just something that kind of just gradually happened. I think now it's almost to the point, you know, cause you, you've worked, you've worked with so many different people that now it's not even a second thought, you know, it's almost like we'll, we'll be talking about something or eating food. Um, and then we'll shoot in between because it's when I'm shooting, it's, it's, you know, it's also like, you know, like having, you know, a, a conversation. So it's not like just constantly shooting throughout, throughout, throughout. It's more like we're talking, we're shooting, then we're talking, then we're shooting, then we're talking, you know, it's, so it's kind of like, you know, most of the time, some of my favorite photos I end up getting are ones that are accidents, you know, where the, the, the model doesn't even know that I'm shooting them. That doesn't happen often, but those are like my favorite. And I try to capture those when I can, um, because I feel like that's like the most honest portrayal of the, the person that I'm shooting at the time. But yeah, I don't, I don't think I can remember quite when that happened, man. It's just something that gradually grew into, you know, into going on and with their trust. And now it's almost like second nature, you know, maybe not when you first meet somebody cause they don't know you that well, but you know, with most of my friends who I shoot, you know, models locally who I've shot a bunch of stuff with, um, with them, it's almost like they don't even care. They'll, you know, we'll just have a conversation and be talking and shooting and laughing and it, it wouldn't even, it wouldn't even bother them if they're new to something like that. So, so yeah, I don't, you know, I think that answers is the best I can. Sorry, I couldn't give you more about that. No, no, that was, that's great. I, I can't remember that the shift for me personally either, right, but it right. occurs to you, or I'm saying myself, it occurs to, it occurs to me every once in a while, how kind of weird this is ultimately and how, Absolutely. and how I wish it wasn't weird. And right. a lot of times I don't even really know how to communicate that sort of reality. Like I said, the, the best example is sort of, you know, when you go to a doctor and they obviously see you differently and that's the right. assumption as well. They just see you differently. Uh, right. And I'm sure you get this question all the time. Uh, I know it's something that I have. I know even models that I've talked to and friends, they say most, the, the one of the biggest questions is, well, do you guys have sex afterwards? And, all the time. And yeah. And so the, the thing, the reality is that what we just talked about, the situation where you're actually sitting there and you're having a conversation and it's mm -hmm. a normal conversation that right. you would have with a friend in what is it considered a normal environment. And that's what's right. going on. I would actually love to speak on that. Um, I, that's the number one question I get from people all the time. Are you, I mean, mostly guys, girls never ask me. I don't think I've ever asked. I don't think I've ever been asked that question one time about uh, from a woman, um, which is which is pretty funny and ironic if you really think about it. Um, it's always guys. So that's the one thing on guys' mind. Like, oh, you're shooting with all these beautiful women, man. You got to be like 
you know, hooking up with them, having sex with them, sleeping with them all the time. Like they're naked. You know, you have like vibrators out. They're, 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 they have rope around them. Like you got to be sleeping with them, you know? Like how many have you slept with? Like it's just, I get that so much and it drives me nuts. I'm so tired of that question. Um, where it's like, it's, it's, it's not about sex, man. Like you don't understand. Like it's, it's super professional every single time I'm on a photo shoot, even if it's with a friend of mine. Like even if we're just kicking back, having fun, taking some snaps, it's still, you know, uh, I try to set a professional atmosphere. You know what I mean? Like if, and even to this day, we were just talking about like talking with the girls with them being topless or being nude. And even to this day, just because of how I am and like, I, I consider myself a gentleman when a girl's like taking her clothes all around me, I turn around, I, I look the other way. You know what I mean? Like till this day, I still do that. And, um, so it's like, I'm so tired of people asking that question. There are photographers out there who do have sex with their models. There's a lot of them. And it's pretty sad because, you know, it's like they have to, you know, act like a photographer and all the sleep with women. I think it's, you know, terrible and they're assholes and need to stop doing that. Um, but I think it's ridiculous, man. Like you don't, you know, we're trying to create something here. You know, it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter. You know, it's not, it's not like a porn set where, you know, and even porn sets are professional. I don't, I don't even want to talk bad about porn sets because most of those um, are really professional and it's like business. You go there, you do, you shoot your scene, you get paid and you go home, you know? Um, but with, but with this type of stuff, just because we're shooting, you know, um, what, what people would consider sexual content or whatever, it's like, there's no sex going on, man. Like it's just most of the time these, these models have their boyfriends on set. They have their husbands on set. There's other girls on set who are their friends. You know, it's like, I like to create an environment when I'm shooting. that's kind of like fun and, you know, and loose. So there's like, there's music playing usually in the background. Um, every now and then we'll have food, you know, like pizza or something, whatever. Um, candy, you know, I just want people to, to be comfortable, you know, in this setting, especially when I know I'm doing, I'm shooting a scene that I think shooting photos that I think are going to be, you know, of a sexual nature. I'm like, well, you know, I need to make sure this, this, this young lady is as comfortable as she can. So she feels okay doing what doing what we're about to do so so yeah man it's never it's never about sex it's never been about sex i've never actually shot with a model and thinking oh are we gonna hook up later that's never happened um so it's always really professional man and people need to stop thinking that it's always just just because there's, there's a nude woman around that it's just that it's just about hooking up you know because it's ridiculous no yeah i i completely agree i it's kind of obnoxious and it's a little sad that that is what ultimately people well especially mostly men like you said yeah, what they what they can. go back to and how they want to think yep. of it and it's it's very one dimensional and very limiting and i think that that's sort of the saddest part of all of it is that you're missing a whole kind of world because that's right. all you can fixate on is just this right. one element you're missing a connection with the person you're you're missing a, a level of intimacy that is about establishing a relationship and when I say intimacy, intimacy, I'm not talking sexual intimacy. I'm talking. No, I, just, I know exactly. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yep. Yeah, and having that emotional connection and, and being able to have friendships, and I that's I, I agree, man. That's what you know makes so much of life worth living. Unfortunately, like you said, some people do. They become photographers to try and sleep with people, and yeah, it it, it happens a lot, man. It really sucks for the rest of us because it just it just shines a a, a big light on you know, the thing that we're, that we're trying not to, not to do. And it just makes, it makes the, the models more suspicious. And, you know, it makes a lot of them stop doing it when that, when that type of thing happens to them. 
Um, there was an incident recently here in, in the city with something like that that happened. I'm not going to really go into it. But um, if you follow me or anybody that lives here, you probably heard about it. Maybe not. But but yeah, I mean, there's, you know, and it's a tough thing, man, when you find out that, you know, photographers out there that you may know of, if you like their work or something like that, and they've done something, you know, that's that's not good and appalling and, you know, and, and pretty disgusting. It just makes you just look look and be like, man, it's just it's sad, dude, because why do you have to do that, man? And, and again, coming from a guy like me who shoots really, you know, erotic, uh, erotica, you know, style photography most of the time, you know, on one hand, I can understand how some people would think that, you know, you're you're doing stuff with these girls because they're, you know, they're using vibrators, they're nude, you're you're getting close ups of them, you know, and you're doing all these weird. And I'm like, OK, your brain naturally being a guy, you would think, OK, this guy is probably touching these girls or doing something with them. But, I, you know, I just want people to open their minds, man, and not just think about everything in such a such a way like that. Just try to look at the art in it. Like, I'm, you know, we're trying to create, you know, special, you know, special stuff here and just make people be, you know, get caught up in the moment. And if you're not even realizing that there, there's a moment, I don't know. I don't know if I'm if, you know, if we're doing something wrong as the artist trying to create or if it's just them, you know, the people not really not really picking up on, it, you know, because. It's uh, it's pretty sad, man, and I think that people should uh, open their minds a little more, especially guys, and stop being stop being so damn you know stupid for for a lack of better words, and uh, just grow up, man. Just guys, grow the fuck up, please. Just grow up, guys. Come on, man. So what I guess would be the uh, so I'm just thinking in terms of work being represented properly, or how you want it to be represented. What is I guess one of the the things that people must know in order to see your work properly? Um, I think that people really need to um, kind of like I just said, taking off of the last answer is um, just open, open your minds, man, and open your eyes. And I'm not saying that my work is life changing or I'm, you know, I'm, I'm this amazing artist that's doing, you know, work that every single person on the planet needs to see. I just, if you're, if you're following me, are you, you see my work, and if it makes you think about, you know, anything like, you know, you're you're like, man, this is this is really this is really greatly composed. I wonder how he got that shot. Or right, man, that, that model, the expression on her face is is I just want to know what she's thinking. You know, it's like those are the type of questions I like when I see other people's work. So I want people to look at that, to look at my work and see, that. you know, I want them to to look at it. And even if it's something on the sexual side, something, you know, like kink erotica. Um, and just, you know, try to figure out what was I thinking when I was shooting that, you know what I mean? And I, and I don't mind that. If you want to know, if you see something and you don't like it, I like that too. If you don't like what you see and you think it's, it's ridiculous and I'm, you know, I'm doing terrible work, then awesome. Let me, let me know why you think I'm doing terrible work. You know, what would you, what would you rather do? Um, I love questions. I love for people to see something and question it and want to, you know, wonder, you know, why they do that or how they do that or what, what, what were his intentions, you know, because I think that, art is very, you know, people can take from it what they want. So, you know, when you're putting stuff out there for the world to see, like we're doing on Instagram and, and Twitter and Facebook and Tumblr and all these different things, anybody can see our work. I think that we're, we're looking for people, you know, to want to question what we're doing and, you know, not always just admire. I don't want people to just, you know, be on my ass and be like, you know, oh, your work is great. It's beautiful. I love it. I love it. You know, I, and I, and, and that's cool. I'm not saying I don't want that because yeah. you want people to appreciate your stuff. But I, you know, I also want people to, you know, to make me work hard and push me. You know, I want somebody to see a photo shoot and, 
and be like, man, that 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 one's pretty cool. That last one you did, wow, you blew my mind with that one. And and you know, and 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 I in my head, I'll be like, damn, dude, this one really isn't that good. Shit, I got to work harder next time. You know, like that's that's how that's how I am, man. Like I like criticism, so you know, I want people to to challenge themselves. You know, to to want you know to to look at art and more and get something from it and and just uh just enjoy it you know we're we're doing this because we like it we're not doing it because we hate it you know we we make photos and you know and and create stuff because we love doing it we're creative people and we want people to take that work in and just just you know just anything a bad feeling a good feeling an okay feeling whatever just as long as you're feeling something about the work i think that's great so especially that just goes beyond just it being something sexual Exactly. Exactly. As long as long as you're just not, you know, one of the douchebags saying you want to come on, come on set and hold like a light for me or something. As I like, I feel I swear the next time I hear somebody say that, I'm going to outboard a shadow. I swear it's the worst. Um, I, I get that. I get that at least at least twice, three times a week. People just want to just let me come on set and hold a light, man. Let me let me be your backup camera. Like, no, dude, just no. Just, just shut the fuck up. No, I don't want nobody. I don't want you there with the attitude at all. I, I've never had anybody else come on set with me as far as helping me out because I just feel like that's going to attract attention and I don't want, I don't want the model to feel uncomfortable. So that would never happen. But, uh, but yeah, man, you just want people to, you know, to take in what you're given and, you know, and give you something from, from it. You know, I mean, we're all creating, creating stuff for a reason and, you know, we're putting it out there for the world to see and whether you like it or hate it, you know, let, let us know either way. I'm, I'm open to, uh, to, to concerns and, and praise. So I love it all, man. At what point did, because you mentioned you got kind of got into bondage and you mentioned Iraqi. At, yes. at what point, though, did bondage, but did bondage become a consistent theme in your work? Well, a bondage started outside of photography, actually. Um, it kind of, I had always, you know, I've, I had saw rope stuff before and, you know, it was always kind of interesting and cool. But I actually um, was dating somebody who was kind of into it. She kind of, you know, was my first person I worked with as far as like trying ties and all, all of that fun stuff. I think I mentioned it to a friend of mine that I was doing it and I asked her, would she want to, you know, be like a subject if I, you know, if I, you know, practice on her and tied and she was down for it. And, um, I love the photos that we took that first time so much, just like with the, just like with the nude, just like the nude st- uh, way I started, just like with the shooting miles away I started. Um, my, my mind works at a pace where I feel like if anything is interesting to me and I try and I like it, I like consume myself with it. So, so after that, I just really, um, you know, started, do, started shooting a lot. So I, I started to break into all my photographs, which was kind of overdrive at the time. Now it's kind of like I do it every once in a while. Um, but I was so into it at that time. I started doing it with all the models and it was, it was fun and it was great, but I felt like I kind of oversaturated myself with it. Um, and I was kind of using it too much. So now I kind of use it sparingly on, you know, on certain shoots, but, uh, but yeah, I think that um, it was it was definitely a big part in growing with my whole my whole kink bondage side of photography that I do because um, rope is a big part of that. that. How many years ago did you start doing that? Uh, that was probably about two, maybe two two and a half years ago. Probably when I started doing that type of work because um, before that it was just like you know shooting normal stuff and then shooting nude nude work, and then I kind of got into dealing when I was dating this one person. Um, she kind of opened my mind up to that type of stuff. And even I, I kind of knew I was aware of it, but it's different when you're actually dating somebody who's into it and you're, you know, you're learning more about it from them and you're doing research on it cause it's just fun. And, um, and you start to incorporate that stuff into, into your photography. And 
you find out that people actually there's a whole community of people out there that enjoy that type of stuff and you know it's it's uh it's real welcoming man all those all of the rope riggers out there and the kink bondage models out there um you guys are awesome i love all of you and um it's a great community of people they're all great and wonderful it's uh it's just fun man i think doing that stuff is great it's it's challenging um because you want it to you know to be artistic and and look you know well on camera but you also want to be you know the right way like i'm not I'm not in any type of way a professional rope rigger. I would never even consider myself half of a professional. <laughs> I know, you know, I know very few uh, rope ties and I kind of stick with what I know. I'm not like one of the guys who are like hanging girls from trees and, you know, and doing like super, super intensive expert style stuff, um, which that stuff's great. I love, I love all of that. I love seeing that type of stuff, but that's just not me. I haven't got there. Try to keep it more uh, simple. Yeah. I try to keep it more simple because mine mostly, I try to look at my rope work um, and my kink stuff as like um, it works better for photography. You know, like a lot of my stuff, I use like color ropes a lot of times and a lot of my kink bondage stuff is color based. So it's like I have red ones and purple and blue. So it, it's it's mostly to add to the atmosphere of the shot I'm trying to get. So it's almost like I'm making sure that what I do looks good on on the camera, you know, so a lot of my ties are more toward helping the image and also not taking too much away from the model. You know, like there's sometimes you can do so many ties on the girl where it's like you start to lose her. And now it's just this woman that's just bound up. You know, I still want people. It just looks like a big knot. Like the exactly. Exactly. And that's cool. I mean, again, I'm not knocking anybody that does that. That's great. You still want the focus to be the model. You don't want it to be how good you are at tying. Exactly. I don't want the focus to be the rope. I want the focus to be this person tied up in the rope, you know? So it's, um, it's different, you know, like there's always a method to, to the stuff I'm trying to do. And people don't, don't get that obviously, unless I tell them. And I'm my, uh, my online persona is like, people really don't even know what I look like mostly because I, I never take photos of myself. Um, and it's funny because I get this all the time when people haven't met me. They always think I'm like a white guy, um, which is really funny. But I'm actually <laughs> this really gigantic black dude with a huge beard. And um, I get that so much. I don't know if it's my voice or the way I talk or the way I act. But most people think I'm like a, I'm like a white nerdy guy, which is funny. I mean, there's a little bit of that in me. I am definitely a nerd. But uh, no, I'm like a huge – if you look, if you see me walking down the street, you'll think I'm like a football player probably. It's it, You know, it's pretty funny. I had a question going back. You mentioned that you lived in California. Did you yeah. live in L.A.? Or I was in LA. I lived in Burbank. And then you also lived in, did you say Houston? Uh, I didn't live in Houston. I kind of stayed in Houston for a little while. Like I, I've traveled around a bit throughout the country over these last like 10 years, um, kind of like post Katrina. Um, Cause I was, you know, I like, I like traveling. I like living in different places. The the longest place I lived in was Florida and LA though. What took you to those locations? It was there something in particular or, and, uh, and what, what eventually brought you back? Well, uh, Florida, I moved to Florida to go to film school. Um, like I said before, I went to the Art Institute there in Fort Lauderdale. And um, I basically started a new life out there. I went out there kind of with nothing and uh, went to school and, you know, worked after, you know, after school was over, I got my degree. I worked in uh, the commercial movie music industry down there for a little while as, you know, like a, a, a camera assistant kind of. And Um, I worked at a camera rental house um, for a while because of friends, and that was pretty great. That's kind of where my love for cameras came from because I was able to deal with, like, movie cameras on a daily basis and learn the ins and outs of them and how to check lenses and 
um, how to clean cameras and film cameras and digital cameras, all that fun stuff. So that was great for a while. And um, I worked on a lot of music videos as, you know, like a second, second camera assistant, AC music videos, commercials, a few short films. I worked as a post-production post-production editor on some uh, some low budget feature films out there in, in Fort Lauderdale in Miami. Um, so I had a really, I had a really good life, um, out there in Florida and with, you know, with friends and everything and everything was going great. And, um, I decided I want to kind of step my game up and move to the place I always wanted to live at, which was California. And, um, I moved out there with some friends, basically, you know, we kind of went out there on a whim and, uh, had a little money saved up, but it, it just, California is great. I love California. Um, it's a great place for, uh, anybody that wants to be in the movie industry, anything like that. Cause there's so much stuff to do there as far as that, as far as that, uh, that field. But, um, but California was a real short lived for me, man, because it just didn't work out, you know, how I thought it would work out. It's expensive and too. It's super expensive. You don't know that till you live there. It's like to afford rent and anything else you have to, you have to make a lot of money. Um, so, you know, I loved California and I didn't like California. Were, so were was, you working on any, any particular projects out there or was it, was I, it kind of trying to make it in the movie business or what was, was kind of the story was, behind it was, that? It was trying to make it in the movie business. Like I went out there with, on a hope and a dream, just saying like, I'm gonna go out there and I'm a, you know, work in the, in the, in the field. You know, I kind of had, um, I had, I had a, some editing, editing movies on my resume and, um, and being a camera operator and a camera assistant, I had all this stuff on my resume and I figured, you know, going out there, it'll be easy just to, you know, get jobs and just walk right into, uh, right into fucking Paramount or Universal and start, and start working. And, uh, that is not the case. Uh, anybody out there that's done that or, or try to do that, you would know it's, uh, it's a really, really, really tight knit group of people in LA who all work together. And, um, if you're not in there in crowd, you're not going to get work. And, uh, and there's also tons of people that do exactly what you do. So you have to stand out. You have to, you know, know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody. And, um, it's very, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's, I think LA is a depressing place, man. Like as, as, as wonderful as it is and as beautiful as the weather is there, it's, uh, if you don't have, you know, people out there, you know, friends or family, it can be really lonely and depressing, man. I think that's what happened to me. I got really depressed there because, you know, I, the friends I went out there with, we kind of had a falling out and it just didn't work out well. So I kind of went out there and I ended up being by myself and, um, it just didn't, it didn't work out, man. So after that, I kind of came back, uh, came back, you know, I, I, I drove, you know, through the country a little bit and I ended up, you know, coming home to new Orleans with my tail between my legs broke with no money and no job and not knowing what I was going to do for the rest of my life. And I was like, I had it so good in Fort Lauderdale. Like, and I also felt like I really could have went back to Fort Lauderdale, but I was kind of like, uh, I felt like I kind of ruined that and I didn't want to go back. I was kind of afraid to go back because I, I didn't want people to say, oh, you went to LA for a little while, you couldn't make it, now you're back here. So, so I, I, so I kind of just, you know, and it was stupid of me, but, you know, I was like really young at the time, so it is what it is. But, you know, now it's, you know, you I came with a nuance in my tail between my legs and not knowing what was going to happen. And I kind of, I, I kind of wound up being a photographer. So it's like, you know, I don't think I ever would have been a photographer. If I would have stayed in LA, I would have stayed in Fort Lauderdale. I would have been doing different things, you know, like Katrina really changed my life. I lost, I lost my dad. Um, like a week after Katrina, he kind of passed away, had a heart attack because of stress. I'm sorry about that. Um, oh, thanks man. Yeah. It was, a, it was a while ago, but I mean, it's, I was also in a terrible car accident 
like a week after that, you know, so I, I almost died in a car accident. So it's almost like oh, wow. 2005 was a tough year. You know, me and my family, we lost everything. We had to leave New Orleans and live with family members in Baton Rouge, uh, which is, a you know, a, the capital of, of Louisiana. We had to move there for a while. We kind of stayed in the country. Yeah, and, uh, I got had a yeah. job offer in Baton Rouge at one point yeah, and, Bat- I, and turned it Baton down. Rouge is, Baton Rouge is fine, but it's not, you know, it's not New Orleans. It's very... You know, there's a city part of it, but the part I was living in with me and my mom after my dad passed was really country. It was like, um, it was like my mom's aunt. Um, we were staying at like her house, and they had a TV that only had like four channels on it, and um, they listened to the radio all day long with news, and uh, it was really country living, man. There's like horses and cows walking the streets, and it was like, it was a, I was dying. That's I, a change I of was pace. Dying. Yeah, man, I was, it was a real change of pace. I was just dying to get out of there every day. We would leave and go to the city part of Baton Rouge because we were like, man, we're just not used to this country living. Well, how um, old were you at, at this point? If you don't want me asking, you don't have to answer that yeah, question that if you was, don't want. But. No, I can, I, can, I can answer it, no problem. That was 2005. Um, I'm 34 now, so 2000, I'm terrible at math. I had to be like 21 maybe, 20, 22, around that age. Um, I had just graduated college from here. I, was, I, I had a degree. I have, I have multiple degrees that I'm not doing anything with, honestly. What is the um, other degree? That other degree was in computer networking. Um, I got an associate's degree from this tech school, um, you know, in computer networking, learn how to like network computers in like an office setting and have them all connected and all that fun stuff with PCs. It's all terrible. I hated it, but I did it because I thought, you know, that's where the world was going with computers, which I was Make right. Make some money, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I was thinking. Um, and I just literally graduated um, that year in 2005, and I and I had a big job offer with a company. And um, and I was going to start working with them, making a lot of money. And then Hurricane Katrina happened and um, literally tossed my life upside down. And this um, is even after you came back from L.A.? No, L.A. is afterwards. Oh, this is afterwards? Uh, yeah, okay. this is – I, I – uh, Katrina happened. I moved to Fort Lauderdale for film school. Oh, okay. Then I moved to L.A. Then I traveled the country a little bit. Then I came back home in New Orleans. So, so basically Katrina was the jumping point of – my whole artistic endeavor, which we never really talked about, but, um, but yeah, Hurricane Katrina happened and, uh, me and my family were trapped in an attic, um, in the lower night ward for like almost two days. Oh man. And, um, it was, uh, I'm actually, that's actually the reason why I want to be a filmmaker. I never, I never wanted to be a movie, a filmmaker. I just always liked watching movies. And after Katrina happened and my dad died and I was in that car accident, I was kind of sitting you know, by myself a lot, just thinking about, you know, life. I was like, man, do I really want to, you know, set up computer networks the rest of my life? Is that, is that going to be what I really want to do with myself? Seeing how all this tragedy has happened and, you know, I need to do something that, that you know, that I like to do something that's fun. And, and I thought about it for a long time and I was like, the thing I love more than anything else is watching movies. So maybe I should do something with movies, you know, in the movie industry. And, um, and that's what, that sent me down the path of, going to art school and having a film, getting a filmmaking degree and figuring out what I want to do. I didn't find out until I was in film school that I actually wanted to be a director. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just remember the feeling I had the first time I was on set of my own movie, my own short film, making it that I just had, I had an adrenaline rush and a thrill that I never felt before. And, um, still to this day, nothing, nothing matches that feeling, man, of being like on a, being on your movie set and directing people and, and hearing people speak the words that you wrote down in your head, you know, it's yeah, like, that's it right there for you. That's, that's the, it, man. It's, that's my thing. I mean, as much as I love photography and I really do, um, making movies is like my thing. It's what I feel like I'm supposed to do. If anybody's supposed to do anything, you know, like I feel like 
that's where, you know, I can do something that, that can be uniquely my own and have a voice, even though photography does it as well. But I just feel like movies is, I don't get a feeling like I get from anything else when I make movies. That's just, it's just that simple. And I know that because people have told me they just see how happy I am when I'm on set. It's like a, it's a side of me that they never see in normal day life. And I'm like, yeah, it's just because I'm, I, I'm loving creating stuff, man. It's beautiful. We're making stuff out of thin air, you know, like we're, Somebody thought about something, somebody put it on paper, and now somebody's making it. It's like, you know, you can't make that shit up. It's great. But, uh, but yeah, man, it's like kind of how it happened. So that time period, you said like 2005 where Katrina yeah. happened and your father passed away, you were in a car accident, all these very kind of traumatic things that are really difficult to overcome psychologically yeah. was really what kind of propelled you to start following the path that you've been on. Yeah, I think I think it really helped me as far as being an artist. I mean, I, I always was was artistic, I think, because um, I, you know, I drew a lot when I was a kid and um, my dad painted. So I, I drew. I always loved I'm a big music head. So I love listening to music. I never created music. I was in like my school band for a little while, but I never really um, created music. But I love music and I love I've always loved anything artistic. You know, growing up, I was a big comic book nerd. So I loved comic books. And and um, and yeah, man, once I felt like I wanted to do something, you know, you know, creatively. I don't think I've ever looked back since then. I mean, to this day, I still, I have a normal job, but even with that job, I'm still, I'm a camera operator. Um, I'm basically, I, I, my, my day-to-day job is I'm an AV technician for people that don't know what that is. Um, it's basically audio video technician. I, I set up, uh, you know, monitors and cameras and video gear and speakers and, um, microphones for like conferences and concerts and, stuff like that. And I'm also a camera, camera operator for those things. So even in my day-to-day life and my job, I still have a little bit of, you know, artistic, creative stuff of what I'm doing. You're so connected at to this that point, world man, still. Yeah, I, yeah, still, it kind of just happened. Um, I mean, I, I work freelance, so I'm, uh, even to this day, I, I've never, uh, I don't have like a, a nine to five job that I'm working every day. And, uh, and I don't knock that cause that's, that's life. People, you gotta do what you gotta do to pay the bills. Um, but I think ever since I've been down this path of doing, this type of stuff, I can't really see myself doing anything else. You know, like I can't see myself working in the office, you know, wearing a suit now because of, because of who I am and what I, what I do. I just can't, I can't really see it. I mean, um, and again, I don't knock people that do that. If you do do that, that's great. Keep doing it, you know, keep it professional. But, um, but yeah, for, for me, I'm just, I, you know, I, I went down this path after Hurricane Katrina. It really kind of changed me and I haven't been the same since, man. What was, one of the big lessons that you learned at that time period then? Uh, that life is short. I mean, I know that that's, that's a typical answer that most people give, but you know, um, there's a difference though, between knowing life is short intellectually and like knowing it to your core though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're right. I mean, it's just, you know, when you're around something, you know, that, that drastically changes not only you, but, your family, your community, your city, um, you know, for the rest of their lives. I mean, I think after Hurricane Katrina, I mean, only people that they kind of, you know, can relate to that type of stuff is, you know, people that in, lived in New York when, when the 9-11 happened, you know, like these people that live, that live when tsunamis hit, you know, like people that live through tornadoes when they just destroy entire, you know, communities. Like there are certain things that happen, you know, in our lives and in the world that, you know, they change you forever, man. There's nothing you can go back from that. I mean, we, me and my family were actually a lot stronger now than we were then. Uh, my mom and my aunt, they're not, uh, they don't really get along <laughs> too well. They never did. My mom's the oldest sister and my, my aunt's the youngest daughter. And uh, they've always kind of 
been at each other's odds since they were kids, um, you know, vying for affection for my grandmother and the grandparents. And, and through Hurricane Katrina, they really bonded because we were all together and we had to depend on each other. And um, they became closer as a result of that. And I feel like we all have. I mean, once you live through something like that with your, with your family, it makes you stronger, man. I mean, I, I can just... I can just recall to, you know, to this day, like hearing, you know, people screaming, you know, from other houses because, you know, the water was coming through and there's nothing you can do about it. You, you had to go up and just hope that the water stopped. And um, there's visuals. I can remember now, you know, being a photographer and, a, and an aspiring filmmaker that I look back and I'm like, man, if I ever get a chance to make my my Hurricane Katrina movie, which I which is actually the reason why I saw why I want to be a filmmaker. I, I felt like our story and what happened to us is so um so visually compelling and storytelling wise as a family to go through something like that we had we went through so many different obstacles with that 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 certain uh that event that um you look i look back at it now i just remember like being saved by the coast guard and having being shipped you know going in the boat just me just me and like my dad and we're seeing you know the church that we went to as that i went to as a kid that had a cross on the top of the building the water so high that you don't see the church all you see is the cross from the church poking up on top of the water. That's kind of surreal. Um, it's, it's completely surreal, man. Like see, like, you know, going in a boat through areas that you walk through to get to school and not seeing buildings anymore, just seeing trees over water. It's uh, it's an amazing visual, man. I, you know, I think back to those moments. I'm like, if I ever get to make this movie, I hope I do one day. Um, it's going to be visually stunning and gripping at the same time. I hope people really, you know, connect with it because it's most, it's mostly a story about, you know, family, but I'm not, I'm not talking more about that, but, but yeah, man, I mean, well, if there's any, if there's any know, producers out there that are listening, uh, you can get a hold of Sydney. Yes, please makes, do. I, I have uh what I think is a, a golden movie in the, in the, in the, in the, in the making um, that hasn't been made yet, even with the hurricane Katrina movies that they have done. I think that this story is, more Steven Spielberg s you know of um family dealing with a with a a horrific event basically um and having and to get through it and you know live through it yeah you know firsthand I lived through it, yeah yeah I lived through it and I've been working on a script for years I haven't I haven't finished it yet um hopefully whenever it's done I can get out there to, to some people and see if anybody wants to help me make it but uh but yeah man so you know I I honestly don't remember how we got down this path but it's uh. It's really, it's been awesome talking about that because I don't think I've talked about Katrina in a while. Well, yeah, and it, well, it obviously has to be such a important, like you said, it's such a pretty pivotal moment in your story. Yeah, that, definitely. That yeah, I, I to me, it's that's really fascinating, and it's it's I think a lot of times the, those difficulties and those hurdles they very much help form who we are. And I know I've I've been through you know personal difficult personal things as well, and they're, they very much become a reference point. And like you said, right. when you realize how short life is, when you really realize how short life is, it really yeah. causes you to kind of turn in on yourself and say, what am I doing? And it kind of yeah. can very much propel you into a whole other direction that if that maybe tragedy didn't happen, right. you would be, like you said, doing networks, you know, networking computers, which like you said, there's nothing wrong with that, but Oh yeah, I would I would be really wealthy right now, but um, you know, I would I would be really miserable probably. <laughs> well, America's I'll be able, I'll be able uh, to pay my rent no problem, but I'll be miserable. We're doing. good at that as Americans being wealthy, yeah. unhappy people. But uh, <laughs> you mentioned though you, that earlier that your dad painted. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what did he paint? What were some of the things that he did? Uh, I think he did mostly like land like landscapes and stuff like that. I, I actually um I've only seen 
a few of his paintings um, in my lifetime because he didn't do it at all when, um, you know, once I was born, I guess. I'd, my mom has told me that, you know, that he used to do it. I know he used to draw and paint in school. And I think I've only seen a, like a, maybe like three or four of his actual paintings that he actually kept around that was like at his parents' house, I think. Um, but I think one of them was like a, like a painting of like a house and a, like a backyard or something like that. It was almost like a, land, like a landscape style. And um, one of them was, you know, like a, like a typical like flower, you know, on a, on a vase, on a vase or something like that on a vase. Um, so, you know, I, I haven't seen a lot of his stuff. I just know from my mom that he did it. So I wish I'd have been able to see more of that from him, but he was um, kind of caught in that, you know, the world of, I have a family, I have a job, you know, I, you know, I have to do what I got to do. And my dad was a quiet guy. He didn't really talk a lot. So he, uh, it's funny because I felt like, and it's kind of, it's kind of sad to think about it, but I, I kind of felt like I knew him more, you know, as I got older than I did when I was younger, because he wasn't really open with me when I was a kid. He kind of, me and him kind of became more friends the older I got, because we were able to talk about stuff and relate to things. And kind of man to man. Yeah, kind of man to man stuff, because I don't think he kind of really knew how to be like a father. I don't think nobody really does. It's kind of something you do. I don't have any kids, but I just, you know, I know enough dads and fathers. And I think that you're never prepared to be a dad. Like you just like you're never prepared to be a mom. It's just something that happens and you do it and you you know you figure make mistakes and way, yeah yeah you make mistakes and you figure it out and you just do what you got to do to make sure those uh those kids are you know are living and, and breathing and eating food you know so and uh and yeah with him it was more um i didn't get a chance to see that artistic side of him so so to speak but but i can just you know you can just tell like i know like some of his favorite movies are you know like he really you know he was also in the military um, so I, you know, some of his favorite movies are, were like Apocalypse Now and, um, uh, he really loved Forrest Gump cause he thought it was hilarious. Um, <laughs> Full Metal Jacket. Full Metal Jacket. Yeah, definitely. That's, that was my first introduction to Kubrick was watching Full Metal Jacket with my dad. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, watching stuff like The Matrix with him and Jurassic Park which is probably one of my favorite movies. I still remember to this day watching Jurassic Park in a the theater with him and that being like the, the best experience I've ever had in a the theater watching the movie, being a kid, loving dinosaurs and dragons. I have and a Jurassic I'm Park T-shirt. If I have when one too, I dude. when I meet you, I'll wear it. <laughs> oh, dude, where am I? We'll wear them together. We'll be like Jurassic Park bros. I, I, I have one too, dude. Yeah, like I I'm a huge fan of like uh, dinosaurs and dragons. So any anything that involves dragons or dinosaurs, count me in. I love them. And um, Jurassic Park, I think, is one of the, one of the best, most magical movies ever made. And uh, yeah, man. I mean, so you know, my dad was awesome. I mean, he was just a quiet dude who took care of his family and paid the bills and worked really hard, had like two or three jobs and, wow. and, uh, took care of his, you know, took care of his family. He was a family guy. He loved family. I mean, you know, he was, uh, his, his favorite thing was just being home, you know, eating food, um, watching TV, hanging out and just, you know, having a laugh. So my dad was awesome. He was, I wish he wouldn't, have, obviously, you know, you wish he wouldn't have passed when he did, but you know, he did. So hopefully I can, uh, let his, legacy kind of live on and um and keep the manuel name going strong hopefully and um i think he would be he would be proud man that's one of my my biggest regrets is that he never got to see me you know make a movie or he never got to even know that i want to make a movie you know because i think that i would have really he would have really liked that you know he would have really appreciated and enjoy seeing his son you know on set making a film you know um uh, my mom is is great and i love her to death she's she's my favorite person in the world but she's not like, you know, like that. Like I have a different connection with my mom than I do with my dad. So she, she, she loves anything I do. I can, 
You know, I can I can bake cookies and she'll think they're the best cookies ever made. You know, that's how my that's how my mom is. She's great. It's always good to have but, that cheerleader like that. Absolutely. That's who she yeah. is, man. She she's awesome and she loves my stuff. I remember I'll tell you a quick story. I've had um a few gallery showings over the years since I've been doing photography. And I remember uh, a year ago I had a I had a gallery showing at a little art showing at a, at a at a local gallery in the French Quarter, and I invited like all of my family to come and this was my mom had never actually seen my work um, up until then. She had only seen, you know, like a couple of photos I took, you know, of like landscapes and statues and stuff. She had never seen my nude artwork. And um, and it was funny seeing her look at watching her watching like my photos on the wall, of you know, of, of like, a, you know, naked women just kind of laid out on the bed. And and I, I remember walking up to her and I was like, uh, so, what, you know, what do you think? You, you like it? And she was like yeah it's uh <laughs> it's good <laughs> she, she, was like, she couldn't good. say no because yeah, yeah, her, no her son made it but exactly and she couldn't be like well she basically told me she's like well i didn't really know what you were doing but uh it, <laughs> now like, it i do good. yeah she's like it looks good so uh congratulations i was like oh, thanks i'm you're awesome and then i then i, then I proceeded to uh <laughs> to have a live photo shoot at the gallery of me shooting girls like in bondage on a sofa so in front of my mom and my uncle and my aunt, so that was pretty, uh, pretty hilarious. That's uh, that's a pretty good story. I, you, yeah. that's a actually a great story. That says a lot too I about that. Definitely happened. <laughs> that's amazing. That says a lot too about your mom that she, how supportive she is, especially like yeah. you said, how you know coming from a very religious point of view. I I think about my family, and I've I've mentioned yeah. this in another in one of the other podcasts. But I love your family. I, yeah, I uh, I, love- I um. I grew up in a big family, a big Catholic yeah. family. I'm one. Of, I'm the oldest of ten, and oh, wow, you, have, you have ten siblings. Yeah, I'm the oldest. I have wow, nine I'm, siblings. I'm, I'm, I'm the only child, so we're coming from complete different, <laughs> <laughs> different sides of the track. That's hilarious. But yeah, but my, you know, the same kind of thing is like my parents. You know, they get they go to church almost every yeah. day, and, and right, uh, it's amazing people, and most yeah. most people love them. It's I'm not saying that as any kind of criticism because I'm I'm not religious, oh, sure. but um. Right. That says a lot about your your mom that she's supportive of you and kind of. I'm just thinking of a situation like that for myself, and I'm I'd yeah. be like, you know, whoa, that would be a, that'd be a kind of overwhelming, I'm sure. So that that says a lot about her if she has a character to kind of has, stick has your, has your has your parents uh, seen like any of your 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 work? I mean, uh, I mean, because well, for for one thing, I, I want to tell you one thing, man, because you know, I've I've been following you now for a while because. I love, you know, your work and what you do in general, which, and we, and we also have shot a lot of the same models and we know a lot of the same models in the industry, but your, your work on your blog, man, which are, you know, like your family, your, the kids and your wife. And it's, uh, it's like, you guys are married, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, it's like, I just think it's lovely. It's like some of my favorite stuff because it's so personal, I, you know, coming from my perspective, to have that inside look at, you know, your family where, you know, your wife's like on the sofa reading to the kids and she's like naked, you know, and I'm like, that's so, I don't even know how to think about that. Cause I couldn't, you know, I'm not used to seeing that as far as an image. And I just think it's so strong and powerful that you capture your family in these, these little moments where it's just like everyday life. Um, it reminds me of, uh, have you ever heard of this photographer called Jessica Todd Harper? No, I don't think so. She's fantastic, man. You you really should like look her up on uh on like Amazon and like get one of her books. But she shoots um, portraits of her family, kind of similar to you, um, just in normal everyday stuff. And it's like you know, 
it's just beautiful stuff because you know her family is like they're they live in this like huge cottage house and there's it's all these warm warm lights coming it's just it's it's beautiful imagery man her name is jessica todd harper and i think you would really appreciate it because her work reminds me reminds me of your stuff but uh but yeah man i love you i love your work dude it's 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 lovely and i go to your blog um you know as much as i can whenever i usually get whenever i see you post a photo on instagram i'll be like, oh let me go check out grant's uh grant's blog and see what he's done lately and, thank you uh, i love, I love seeing the photos of, i love seeing the photos of your family man it's it's beautiful dude i love it. it's great yeah, so no, personal. Yeah, no, that, that's yeah, that's kind of the thing. It's it's, I don't get a ton of feedback. Um, I want I want I, to ask you how that started. Actually, I had a question for you. Like, how did how did that come about happening? Where you just started shooting photos of them? Because I'm just curious to how did, how does that, um, you know, start? Well, I think it's a, a kind of a similar mentality to sort of what we've been talking about. And you know, I have a lot of thoughts as to what sexuality is and its place right. within our and its role within our lives. And right, I could, I kind of mentioned, I think people think about it, about it very one dimensionally, but I kind of see personally, I see sexuality as a way that we are actually kind of all interacting. It's a certain, um, it's basically how we, I guess, direct our intimacy is how I kind of define it. As far as shooting my family like that, it's what is, was just kind of happening. And it actually started when we were living in Ecuador and Mm -hmm. one of, I say, one of the I'm really bad actually at at finding models. I, I, I <laughs> I'm extremely bad at it. My my wife actually helps me. I I mean I just don't reach out enough is what it comes down to. Right. And yeah, I, but that, but that, but that, that doesn't mean you're bad. That just means that you're you you know you don't like reaching out to people. That doesn't mean you're bad. You yeah, just have a certain way about it. You know, some people aren't good at at communicating. As far as you know, I'm actually really good at that. Like I'm I'm really good at you know getting models to to kind of shoot with me, except for the ones that don't want to shoot with me because of my work. You know, like I have, I've had a lot of models turn me down from photography because they think that, you know, my work is too explicit or too graphic for them. Yeah. Which is, and, um, yeah. I'm glad fine. that people know, know there are obviously limits because it isn't for yeah. everybody. Obviously Absolutely. that kind of work. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, and I, but I also feel like, and I'm, I'm going to let, I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm going to let you finish. No, but no. I, I also feel like, you know, because I, I look at my work every now and then as like a, a whole spectrum, you know, like I'll just, look at pages of my Instagram, you know, not, not conceited wise, but just because I want to see, is there some type of theme in there, you know? And I'm like, I'm all over the place, man. Like my photography is everywhere, you know, like there, the color schemes are everywhere and, you know, the formats everywhere, the subject matter is everywhere, you know, like, so like, I feel like whenever I meet a model and I talk with them and they say that, you know, they don't want to, you know, my work isn't their, their cup of tea and they don't want to shoot with me. It kind of, you know, makes me a little upset or sad because I'm like, are are you kind of, are you looking at everything? I mean, or did you just look at like four photos and then you realize that you don't want to shoot because you saw nudity? I mean, I, I shoot a lot of different styles, man. Like I don't only shoot, you know, nudity. I mean, I do, but you know, I, I shoot a lot of different stuff. So whenever somebody tells you, I'm like, you, you honestly really didn't pay attention because if you just scroll down a little bit more, you'll see that I have tons of normal photographs, you know, like I shoot a lot of editorial style stuff. I shoot, you know, we were just talking about my cinema series with, you know, um, photos inspired by, by movies and none of that stuff is like, you know, graphic in any way. I know I have my dirty, my dirty photos, what people would call them, but you know, I, I, I feel like I have a wide range of the type of stuff I can shoot. And, and, you know, and if I'm, and if I'm reaching out to a model kind of at this point, you know, it's almost like I, you know, I really want to shoot with you. Like I see something in you that I feel like, you know, us working together would be a nice collaboration. Um, and when that gets turned down, it kind of, you know, makes me a little sad inside. I'm like, oh, I, 
we could have made we 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 could have made something special, you know. But now you're you're only looking at me from one angle, and I don't, you know, you're not. I don't I don't like it, man. But is, uh, but yeah, I didn't I didn't mean to go off on a tant, but that's just no no. That was I, great because yeah, I so, think almost kind of what what I hear what you're saying is that when a model sees that and she goes, no, I don't want to work with you because you only do kind of more graphic images, and you're right. saying no, that that's not actually accurate. If you would have kind of delved a little delve a little bit more, then you would see that yeah. there's a lot more to it. It's kind of the same thing that you know you were even criticizing men for looking at it in that very one-dimensional way as well right and very I, true. and I, I think that's the thing is that I think most artists they really want their work to be seen a deeper way in a more complex way than than just simply you know getting something from it from it in this kind of split second and it's it's really difficult I think in this day day and age of social media to create that deeper understanding because people are just kind of flipping through your photos and there's always this difficult balance between trying to post something that engages people in a way where they'll actually stop and look at it and then to actually have something that also has enough substance to kind of keep their attention (laughs) and that's a really difficult balance to find oh it's 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 almost it's almost impossible man because i you know dealing with instagram now and you know having having a little bit of a following on Instagram, like you just, you know what photos people want to see, you know, and, and it sucks because you kind of get, you get sucked into like, you know, posting stuff for them mm-hmm. um, yeah. just because, you know, it's the likes and the follows me because when I post a photo of something that I really worked hard on, something I planned out, you know, a photo shoot that I, that I planned out with somebody that, that I really love, those photos don't get any likes. Nobody likes those photos except for a handful of people. Um, but when I post a photo of, you know, a, a girl, on a sofa, you know, with her butt in the air that gets, you know, tons and tons and tons and tons of likes, you know, like people, <laughs> people love, people love that. And I, and I get it. You want to see, you know, the, the more, you know, the, the more, you know, erotic kind of, you know, beautiful women type of stuff. You don't really care about the substance photos, but those are my favorites. You know, I mean, I love them all. I love all of my work equally. I'm not going to say that, but the ones that I work really hard on, I really, you know, those you want are the people ones to see that just as much. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and I, I, I want you to see that and be like, man, those those photos came out great. It's not just a naked woman in there, you know. You're like you're you're composing stuff, you know, cinematically and doing putting stuff on the right side of the frame that you, you know that you don't want to take attention from them. You know, is it? There's all these there's all these great things, man. And you know, with Instagram and social media now, it's like we're all you know drones to to this stuff, and it's it's the worst, you know. Like I'm I I hate Instagram so much, Grant. I'm I'm being honest. Oh yeah, I, I hate it hate it, but I also love it. So it's yeah. like, it's, I, I, I don't, I don't know what to do about it, man. Because I know what it's you like, mean. Yeah, it has me. I don't know what to do about it. Like I have to post stuff on a regular basis. Um, if I don't, I feel like, damn, I didn't post anything today. That's going to suck. And then when I post them, I'm like, sure, I shouldn't have posted this today. So Instagram is the worst, man. It's terrible, but it's, you know, it has us, it has us by, you know, by, you know, by the hand pulling us along, man, taking us and we have to, we have to reform to its, uh, its, uh, power, you know? And it's like you you mentioned, you know, certain photos will get a bunch of likes and it becomes yeah. a little bit like Pavlov's dog, you know, you yes. and you start tailoring. It's easy to start tailoring yourself to that. And it's you don't even easy. realize it's happening. It's like a frog in boiling right. water type of thing. And you don't know what's happening till you look back on your photos, like you said, and you start noticing, oh, I'm just posting this stuff, but that right. really isn't everything I'm trying to go for. And, you know, and it's, yeah, it kind of starts yeah, like you said, leading you by the hand in a direction that you maybe don't want to go. So it's it's hard to be intentional and kind of push push against that. And I agree. I don't have a a, a good answer 
to <laughs> nobody, <laughs> nobody else. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> maybe like our children's children will eventually figure it out or something like that. Yeah, but I think in the meantime maybe, maybe by, yeah, maybe by that time they'll they'll have a conclusion and know how to how to work the system because we're all just lost in it right now. <laughs> yeah. It well it kind of our my oldest daughter is yeah. uh she's thirteen. We've actually started watching the show Black Mirror with her. Oh, and, you that's know, awesome. That's so cool. And, you know, there's obviously a lot of critiques of society, especially in regards Absolutely. to that's social all, media that, and all, stuff. That's all That's all. it's about, man. Yeah. How, how, did, how does she react to that? That's so curious. I would love to know what a 13-year-old thinks of Black Mirror. She actually will. She really wants to uh, direct films. So she. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So. She's had a an interest in doing this for a while, and she shoots stuff herself, and she edits it and stuff and stuff like what? that. And that's amazing, dude. That's so cool. Yeah, and she teaches that's herself great, on YouTube, and which is an incredible resource. Like, there's no reason to not know something if if you. you know. I I agree hundred. <laughs> I agree hundred percent, man. Uh, yeah, I learned photography just you know self taught. I mean, I I went to school for for filmmaking, but I mean, even going to school for that, I didn't really learn a lot of the stuff that I that I ended up thinking that I really needed to know until after film school, you know, you don't really learn about doing these type of things until you're actually doing them. You know, I mean, you can have all the book knowledge that you need and, and know all these different things, but until you're out there making mistakes and, you know, throwing it around, you're, you're, you know, you're really not going to know. And I know early on, I said that I'm one of those guys who reads a lot before I start, you know, doing stuff because I am that guy. But at the same time, you know, it's a it's a mix of both. But as far as like film school goes, man, until I worked in that camera rental house where I learned about, you know, lenses and cameras, that, that was something I couldn't have learned at school. You know, like school is all about foundation, you know, and getting out there and, and doing is about, you know, building you. You get the foundation from school, but you build from actually doing stuff. So I think that's great, man, that you have a have a little little young uh, Sophia Coppola on your hands because um uh, it's uh, it's really dope, man. She's thirteen and wants to make movies. I hope she keeps it up, dude. Yeah, I do too. And she definitely has an eye for it, uh, and she has a passion for it. You know, at, at a pretty young age. So yeah, we we That's try. Awesome. We've been trying to kind of similar to your dad watch movies that especially are that will edify her. It, you know, it's a really cool experience, and it'll be interesting to see how that forms her. It, but like you said, being a parent, you kind of never know, especially when you're with your oldest. But luckily, I've I've had the experience of growing up in a big family so you know right. I have uh i can see maybe a little bit where my parents messed up and no, not, sure. not that they you know not that. not that they messed up a lot but you know well, I mean, luckily well, i have, have it having, having 10 kids there's no way to get all 10 of them right you know like it's it's uh it's crazy man but that's really cool man i'm glad that uh that she's into it and you know it says a lot about you guys as parents that that you even have a 13 year old girl that actually wants to make movies because most parents, you know, with kids that young, they're not even worried about what they want to do. They're mostly about just get good grades and, you know. We actually homeschool the kids as well. So. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. And I grew up, I was actually homeschooled and we're about the same age. So I, I was born in 83. So we we're kind of one of yeah, the. Yeah, we're, we're the same age. I was born in 83 as well. Not very many people homeschooled when I was younger. It was always usually right. either, like, either like the weird religious people. Yes, or, nobody homeschooled when we were kids. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's been interesting with our background. It's allowed us to kind of travel around and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's kind of going back to even just the series that I shot. You know, we we were around the family a lot, and mm-hmm. you know, so it it just kind of was a natural thing to to almost document. So that's kind of how that that all happened. I love that stuff, man. It's um, you know, it's beautiful. I I don't know if you're working on like a 
a long life series or something that you're going to put together in a, in like 20 years from now when they're all grown or something like that of like these, these photos. But, uh, but I definitely see something there, man. You get, you're working with, you know, um, something, you got something there. That's all I can say it's, it's, it's captivating to me. So I think that, uh, that it's beautiful. And I, I love it. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. No, that that means well. a lot hearing, hearing those things. I would, I would actually love to like, um, to work with your wife one day, man. And like, if you guys, if we're ever, in the same area, I would love to like, uh, to take some photos of her at some point. Um, maybe you as well. I don't, I don't shoot guys that much. That's actually something I'm going to try to work on more. Same here, is, actually. Uh, yeah. is shooting, shooting more males. But, um, but yeah, man, I, it's just, I, uh, family's great. And I, I love the photo. I love the, your photography, man. You're, you're an awesome dude. <laughs> Thanks. That means a lot. No, but, uh, of course. You're welcome, man. Yeah. One of the, one of the things though, you know, we're kind of getting close I'm always kind of curious about with people who work with nudity in this respect, and we've mm-hmm. been talking a lot about it. What does sexuality mean to you beyond the act of sex? Do, and do you see it playing a role kind of in our lives in a bigger way? I think it definitely plays a role in in everybody's life, even if they don't um, even if they don't notice it. I think even in people who aren't out there creating artwork, I think uh, sexuality, like like I was saying earlier about America and how we're this is like a censor, a censored, uh, country, even though, you know, sexuality is throwing our face at every, at every turn. But I think as far as, uh, as my work goes, there's, uh, there's definitely, you know, sexuality attached to, to my images. I, and I, I know that I'm not trying to hide it. I want it to be there. I want, you know, sexuality to be more open and I want people to, I mean, especially women, like I, my my whole thing is I didn't even notice when I first started, but after you know working for years and and shooting so many so many women and working with working with different girls, you start to realize that you know a lot of women are really ashamed of you know their body and a lot of women are self conscious about how they how they look and you know they're not when it comes to their looks they're not you know it can it can be the most beautiful woman I know I know a girl to the, to this day who's one of the prettiest girls I, I've ever seen. And she thinks that she's not attractive, you know, and it's like, you, you don't really know that, you know, going in, but you come to find out that a lot of women are, you know, so self-conscious about a lot, a lot of, a lot of their flaws and their bodies and stuff like that. So I think one of the things I try to do is every, every model I work with, I try to show, even if, even if they're just naturally beautiful, I try to show a side of them in my photography that, that they don't always see, you know, I try to make them, you know, feel kind of good about themselves and make them look as, as beautiful as an image that I can, that I can create can be, you know, so it's, you know, it's about showing different sides. And even if they're, even if they're already, you know, really pretty, you know, normally gorgeous girls, I try to show them a different side of themselves, you know, so looking at them from a different angle or showing, showing them, you know, from the back where it's just like a waist up shot and there's no bra and you just see the curves in their back and, they didn't even know that their back looked like that, but you know, you can make a back look beautiful. You know, everything about a woman, their curves and you know, their hair and everything, it's just, they're naturally, I think, beautiful. And you know, it's being a photographer and being a male trying to capture that, you know, you're just trying to show that, you know, to not just to the girl, but to everybody who's watching the photo, you know, you want people to, to look at the image and, you know, and be like, wow, that's, that is a, that is a beautiful, beautiful woman, you know, and, and, you know, you want to, you know, try to portray that. So sexuality is like, you know, you don't want it to be about sex, but you want them to know that you are sexy, you know, like anybody can be sexy, any woman, any man, it's all about confidence. You know, it's about, 
you know, not as much about how you look, but more about how you carry yourself. And um, I think sexuality is a big part of that. I think that with my work, I try to, you know, bring that out, you know, in any way I possibly can, whether it's, you know, making the girls laugh or smile while we're shooting and capturing that shot or having them arch their, their back a certain way or having them put their leg up the way they put their hand on their knee, you know, like there's, there's a million different ways, you know, the way you have a woman, you know, like just put her finger on the side of her lip as she's looking down and the sun's hitting her at the right moment. There's, um, there are a lot of things that, that can be sexy that people don't even notice and, you know, with women. So, so yeah, with my, with my work and my art and my photos, I just try to, to show that the best way I can coming from a, you know, a, a 34 year old man, you know, who, who doesn't, you know, doesn't know anything about women. I'm just trying to, trying to, trying to play my part and, you know, and help them. You know, they, they don't need my help, but just, you know, try to make them look as beautiful and as sexy as, as I possibly can, you know, with, you know, with my shots. And I think that's, uh, yeah, that's kind of what I try to do with them, man. I hope it, uh, I hope it works out for, for most people when they see it, they kind of look at them and, and get that from it and not just think about sex. It's not about sex. It's about, you know, as you say, sexuality, sexuality and sex are two different things, you know? So, um, I don't know if I can actually explain it's more of, you know, sex is just, you know, graphic, you know, penetration, I guess, the act of it, the act of actually having sex and sexuality is the, you know, anything can, you know, a lot of things can be sexy. A, A woman, you know, drinking a, you know, a wine from a glass can be sexy. So you have to be new. She can have a business suit on, you know, um, it's more about, you know, the looks and, you know, like I said, the confidence and the way they, the way they carry themselves and the way you try to capture that as a photographer, you try to capture their essence. You know, it all comes down to the essence of that person. Every woman, um, has a different essence about themselves and it's up to you, I think, to try to bring that out. It doesn't always happen. Every, every shoot isn't, isn't hundred percent successful. But I think if, you know, if you take, you know, a hundred, a hundred shots of somebody, if you get one where you capture that essence, I think you've done your job. Yeah. Trying to change that kind of perspective even. Yeah, exactly. You know, like you're, you're trying to, you know, you're trying to capture, at least me, I'm trying to capture everybody. Every photographer is different trying to look for different things with me. I'm trying to capture, you know, the essence of that person, the best that I can in a certain situation we we're in, you know, I mean, most of the time it's, you know, in a room on a bed, you know, surrounded by roses. Most of the time it's in a window sitting on a love seat. You know, most of the time it's in the back of a car in a car seat, you know, like it's, it doesn't matter. The location doesn't really matter. It's more about the person and what you're, what you're shooting, you know? Yeah. And then, uh, some kind of quick questions here to sort of wrap things up. What are some of your favorite books? Um, I have so many, man. I, I collect books, a lot of them. Um, so you want to know the specific books or the type of books I collect? Yeah, the specifics would be great. Okay, so specifics. Um, that's funny because I'm actually in my room right now and I can look directly at my bookshelf. So um, that's perfect. So I would say my favorite book that I own would have to be a Robert uh, Maplethorpe book um, that's just about him shooting flowers. Um, I don't know if you know of his his flower work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. Um, it's amazing, yeah. So I have uh, a nice book of his... It's called uh, Flowers uh, Maplethorpe, and the inside text is um, is written by Patty Smith, and um, it's one of my favorite books, just because you know if anybody's seen my work, you know that I love flowers. Yeah, and I'm a, I'm a fan of flowers, and that comes in the. I meant to bring that up. I'm I'm glad you I'm glad you yeah, brought that up. I totally forgot to, to bring yeah, that we up. Yeah, we can talk about it. We can talk about it now. So it's it's um, Maplethorpe is a big um, a big influence of that. Um, Iraqi is a big 
big influence of that because he uses flowers in his work. Um, Japanese photography in general, um, there's a lot of, you know, shooting flowers and, and Japanese photographers work because there's a lot of, you know, beautiful flowers in Japan and in Asian culture in general. So, yeah, I mean, um, that's probably my favorite book because of the, the images inside. I have a book by, um, I think I mentioned it earlier, actually, by Andrew Tarkovsky um, called Instant Light. I don't know if you've heard about this, but no, I haven't it's heard basically, that yeah, it's a book by, by Tarkovsky. He's a filmmaker. It's not by him because he's, he's no longer with us. I think he's passed away. But it's a book that's, all, that's basically all of his Polaroids that he shot in between, like, in between making movies. And it's all landscapes. So it's just Polaroid images from his movies. Um, well, not his movies, but like his like on set movies and just his life in general from his house with his family. Um, and it's quite beautiful and breathtaking. Um, and it's called Instant Light Tarkovsky Polaroids. Um, that was one of my earlier books that I bought a long time ago because I love his film work. When I found that he actually took Polaroids, I couldn't wait to uh, to actually get it. I have probably my prized possession, actually. I didn't even forgot to even mention this. I have a book called Stanley Kubrick, The Greatest Movie Never Made, um, which is a book based around Stanley Kubrick's unmade movie about Napoleon. I don't know if uh, if you've heard of I don't know if you actually heard about that. I, but, uh, I've heard of it. I don't really know much about it, though. OK, so so Kubrick, um, before he made Barry Lyndon, was in the process of making a movie about Napoleon's life. And he was I mean, anybody that knows his work, you know, that he's like. Um, he's just a perfectionist. So he goes into detail about every movie he makes and he, he, he writes down tons of notes and takes tons of pictures and goes to a million locations. It's nuts. Um, but anyway, he was, he was like, uh, obsessed with Napoleon and basically, um, according to this book that I have, he basically plot, plotted out Napoleon's life at some point from like age 15 to, like 24 and basically he can he can recite everything that Napoleon did every day of his life from the age of 15 to 24 off of research that he did um was just thinking about the scope of that is nuts yeah um, yeah. yeah but this book it's like it's like a big bible and there's little books inside of it and basically it's just you know it has like the script the screenplay in it and it has pictures of like costume design and um budget you know when he was going over stuff with the studio but basically he was going to make this movie it was going to be the most expensive movie ever made at the time. And, um, another studio, I think ended up making a Napoleon film before he did. And the studio decided to not back him because they thought what is other, and, and that movie tanked. So they were like, well, we're not gonna make another Napoleon film after one's already been made yeah, um, because we're going to lose money on it. So it kind of depressed him for a while because he was so into making that movie. So he took some years off and then he, he then he ran across this book, um, which happened to be, you know, Barry Lyndon. And then he took most of the stuff that he was going to do for Napoleon and he used that, you know, info and helped him to make Barry Lyndon. Um, so that's how he got that amazingly beautiful film. Pretty but, interesting. Uh, but yeah, it's really interesting if you really if you really do some research about it, man, it's really cool. But uh, but yeah, that book is awesome. That's like my prized possession. But um, I have a bunch of uh, Iraqi books. I have a, a big like uh, almost Bible book that has like a bunch of his books of his Mm-hmm. of his work yeah, he's inside, pretty prolific his, book. his books are yeah he oh, puts he out has, books all the time he's he's made like over 200 over yeah. 200 books man so uh i have one of them um which is like this huge big red book um that looks like a bible that has like a bunch of his books inside of it basically like chapters um that's like a really really important book to me because that's kind of like all of his work into one 
any kind of novels um, or anything like that or yeah um, I, have a, I have a bunch of novels i have um that like some of your favorites or any really influential books uh, you know other than yeah you know, absolutely I, I have a i have a book right here um sorry to talk about photography books i was i wasn't even thinking about other books no but, no uh, it's no you're fine it's I, good. It's I have great. a really i have a really really great book um called american prometheus and it's about um uh robert oppenheimer oppenheimer and um if you know who he is he's the guy who built the uh the uh the atom bomb i think the nuclear bomb oh yeah i'm trying to i'm like trying to remember why does that sound familiar yeah yeah, yeah, so the Manhattan Project and stuff like that. Yes, the Manhattan Project, right? So this book is a great book um, that basically goes through his, you know, his life leading up until you know him making a bomb and talks about his day to day life and struggles with dealing with that. And it's a really great book. Um, I think it'd actually be a great movie if anybody ever made it. Maybe maybe on the uh, on the outs for me in the future. Yeah, there you um, go. Another one to the producers listening. Yeah, and I'm actually looking uh, looking right now, just really quick. That uh, one of my favorite books of all time um, is um, a book by uh, the late great Maurice uh, Sendak. Yeah, I think that's how you say his last name. Yeah, Maurice Where the Wild Things Are. Oh, Maurice Sendak. Yeah. My mom used to read that to me as a kid. That was one of my favorite books growing up. Oh, uh, it's it's one of my favorite books, man. I still own the one I had when I was a kid. Yeah. I actually when I, when I came back home after Katrina and I all of my stuff was kind of ruined, I ended up finding that book along with some other stuff and it's pretty in bad shape but i was like i'm gonna keep this book it's like one of my favorites also one of my favorite movies i love the movie that spike jones made where the wild things are it is great yeah but, uh, yeah it's great man it's just it's just a big kid kid thing but um yeah that's some of my stuff man i mean i can go on and on and on but i'm not gonna bore you with all my <laughs> my uh useless books but um there's a lot of them i collect a lot of books so well, how about bands some of, some, of, some of them are reads some of my reads some of them are just pictures so oh, it's kind of in between no it's great I, that's that's yeah. i'm trying to you know I want to give people even just try to get a better picture of kind of where you're coming from and even hopefully yeah. have people check these things out. But, um, yeah. what about, what about music? Music. That's such a, that's such a large topic. We'll be here for another two hours. Top, about top music. or, you know, top three, top three, um, music and bands maybe in my life. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, number one would probably have to be Michael Jackson. I'm a diehard, huge Michael Jackson fan. Um, regardless of the allegations, I don't know what he did or what he didn't do. Yeah, his music. Uh, but his, as far yeah. as far as his music goes, I think he's the greatest, you know, artist um, of all time. As far as especially when I was growing up, Michael Jackson was just. There were two people in my, you know, in my. I have posters and stuff all around my room. It was Michael Jackson, Michael Jordan. It was like you know, it was a poster. <laughs> yeah. I, I I had like I a had life-size, Michael Jordan poster. Yeah. yeah, man. Like I had I had like a life size like six foot four. I had that same of, one thing of michael jordan in my room <laughs> With, did it have like the measuring tape next yes, to it it had, the, it had the measuring thing on i had it. the yes. same one <laughs> that's so that's so cool that's awesome dude. We're, we're like soul brothers no? we have so much common sauce. but uh yeah i it was michael jordan and michael jackson um so michael jackson is probably my favorite artist of all time i listen to his music all the time whenever i feel like being happy whenever i feel like being you know whenever i need to get into a zone mm-hmm. i listen to you know his music um i'm but uh, funny enough i'm one of the people that I think his best album is Dangerous, and I know that's kind of sacrilege for people who love Michael Jackson. But um, being, you know, 34 years old when I was growing up in the 80s and 90s, you know, I caught Michael Jackson on the middle of his career when he, you know, I wasn't, even though I'm a huge fan of all his music, mm-hmm. when when Dangerous came out, it's when I was growing up and I was like a teenager, and I remember list, getting that album and listening to it on repeat, you know, hundreds of times. I just love everything about the Dangerous album. So that's my favorite, Dan- that's my favorite album. Um, Michael Jackson, I'm also a huge Black Sabbath fan. Black Sabbath's probably my favorite 
um, rock and roll band of all time. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I love Ozzy and I love all those guys and I love their music. Uh, I remember being like a young kid, um, you know, being black and growing up listening to weird music. Cause you know, when you're black, you only have to listen to hip hop music and soul. And, uh, and I'm listening to, you know, like, uh, you know, fucking, uh, I'm listening to black Sabbath. I'm listening to Metallica. I'm listening to all type of stuff, man. My, my, my palate for music is, is ridiculous. Like, you know, I love Elton John music. Um, there's 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 so much um reggae i love bob marley and a bunch of different stuff i mean i do love hip-hop i don't want anybody out there to think i don't love hip-hop i love hip-hop it's probably my favorite genre of music yeah but uh but you gotta open ears man listen to listen to a lot of different different stuff but um yeah so it's probably it's michael jackson black sabbath and i guess i would have to go with tupac if i have to go if i had to pick some hip-hop music man nice i would uh go with the great tupac shakur is my favorite rapper of all time he was amazing and uh died too young and um He's great. I love I love all, all of his music, his whole catalog. Dude, he's great. He's one of my artists when I was growing up, like Michael Jackson. I just listened to that music on constant, you know. So it's like uh, like I was listening to like Michael Jackson, Tupac, and like like in sync or some shit, you know. It was like yeah, it's my, yeah. It my does, doesn't seem to me- mesh very well, with. but yeah. No, it doesn't, dude. It's just you know I, I like a lot. I like a lot of different. I'm a weird dude. What can I say? I like a lot of different shit. But um, but yeah, man. So that's that, as far as my music goes. That's about it. I mean, I, I like a lot of different stuff. I can go on and on, but those are like my top three, probably. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Well, and then I have just a uh, one last question for you, and it's it's uh, that I've been asking uh, people, and it, it is mm. kind of a maybe a somewhat of an abstract or difficult question, but okay. in just a sentence or two, or very kind of quickly, what is it that you feel that you can contribute positively to the world that is unique to you? That is an interesting question. Um, let's see. What can I do to contribute to the world? Um, that's that's unique to you, whether it's a perspective or it's a, um, a, a a virtue or of some kind or something that you really identify with that you that maybe is even easy to you that seems to be difficult to other people that you know that you really seem to be able to get across that other people can't. Oh, I, I think in a, in a nutshell, man, it would just be uh, perception. I think that um, I think that art, you know, is about freedom. And I think um, I feel like, you know, even art now has a societal norm, you know, that kind of make make artists, you know, it makes artists feel like they have to do things a certain way to get recognized. And, you know, I feel like, you know, do what you want to do no matter how you want to do it. And don't worry about the perception of what people are going to think about what you're doing. Um, you know, if you want to, you know, do crazy over the top, you know, weird erotic stuff, do it. I mean, you know, just make sure you have consent from the person you're doing it with. I mean, that's the the number one thing, but do whatever you want, man. Like art is about freedom. I mean, you know, do, it's the only place we can, we can do the stuff we want to do and not worry about, don't worry about how it's going to come out. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, I, mean, I just feel like perception is a big thing. I want people to, to not worry about how, how stuff is perceived and just go about, if you're not an artist, just go about, you know, opening your mind and, and finding new art, finding, you know, different stuff. Don't be afraid to, to venture out and go to your local museums and go to your local galleries and see some, see some cool stuff. You know, I mean, you're not going to like everything you see, but maybe something, maybe something will, you know, will, will, will resonate with you. You'll see it and you'll be like, wow, you'll stop and, you know, I remember, I remember when I was a kid, my, I never thought about, I saw it in movies before where like adults would go to museums and just look at paintings or, you know, or, you know, just art for like, you know, for a long time. They'll just stand there and look at it. And as a kid, I'm like, eh, 
what, what are they looking at? I don't get it, you know. But now that I'm like older and I, you know, I, I kind of see myself in those shoes. I do. I go to galleries all the time and I'm always at, you know, um, the Noma here walking around looking at, you know, old paintings and and drawings and artwork because, you know, you you know, you get something from that stuff. It's beautiful. And I think people should, you know, open their minds and expand your minds, you know, and just uh, don't be afraid to try new things and don't be afraid to to open up, you know, and just be different, you know, being different is cool. Being different is unique, you know, as, as, as awkward as that sounds, just, just, uh, don't worry about perception, you know? So, so yeah, I think, I hope that answered that in the best way I could trying to, you know, wrap it up a little bit, but, but yeah, I think it's, uh, it's all, it's all, it's all about the perception, man. Yeah, no, I, I really appreciate you coming on here and talking about all this stuff. Uh, I know it can be a little challenging and, you know, I, I personally, I just really like, uh, kind of going in depth and hopefully other people yeah. will do as well. So I, I really want to say thank you for, for doing that and, and giving us your feedback and your opinions and, and your perspective oh, on no. all this. I really appreciate it. No, nah, thank you, man. Listen, I, I, I was surprised when you contacted me about doing this because we didn't know each other. Um, but I know that, you know, you follow me and I follow you. So it was really um, awesome when you, you know, wanted to do this with me because I was like, oh, somebody's actually interested in what I have to say about stuff, uh, which is normal because I don't think nobody ever cares. So it was really cool, man, like talking to you about all these fun things and going down memory lane with stuff that happened that's happened in my past and my life. And I um, it was really entertaining and fun. And I hope that, you know, people out here hear this and, and kind of like it and and just get something from it. You know, I, I hope that, you know, everybody you interview, all the models and photographers who you contact, um, you know, they take with open arms and just open up and be free about it because it's, uh, I feel, I feel a little better man, after this conversation with you. I honestly, I can say that. Like, I feel like, I mean, I felt fine before. I'm not saying I was down, but I just feel like after talking with you about so many things and at one time, you know, it's like, it's pretty freeing, man. It feels kind of good to kind of get all that stuff off my chest and, you know, talk about it on, on a, on a format. And um, you're you're really good at what you do, man. I know I don't think you've been doing this long, but now this is uh, this is actually just the uh, fourth one. <laughs> oh, well, you're 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 already you're a number four. No. <laughs> you're already professional because you're you're very you're very good at it, and um, and everything was great. So I I appreciate you bringing me on, man. It's been awesome. Well, thanks, Cindy. I appreciate it. And and where can people uh, reach out to you? Where do you want them to follow along with you? Well, as always, um, you know, I talked about how much I hate Instagram, but you guys can you you guys can get on me on um. That, that little that little platform called Instagram um, with uh, my name on there is Sid Antman and that's S I D A N T M A N. Um, contact me on there if you want to talk or if you're a model and you want to book something that you want to shoot, um, or you just want to shoot the shit. It's all good, man. I'm always open. My DMs are constantly open, and I love talking to people about art and movies and photography. So I'm all into it, man. So yeah, contact me there. Well, thank, thanks a lot, Sydney. I I appreciate it. No problem, but thank you. Thank you to everyone that has listened. If you enjoyed this episode and others, I would love to hear your feedback as well as any suggestions you might have. You can contact me at grant at gtrimble.com. That's G-R-A-N-T at G-T-R-I-M-B-L-E.com. Or visit my website for show notes at gtrimble.com and then click the podcast link. Don't forget to follow Sydney on Instagram. That's at Sid Antman, S-I-D-A-N-T-M-A-N, as well as my IG, that's gtrimble underscore photo. If you enjoyed this podcast, please tell your loved ones and show your support by clicking the subscribe button and leaving a review, and don't forget to spread the word. 